It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael Fashion for everyone for the holidays. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. I was enjoying your little conversation about Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. Are you going to get involved? How I miss it. I'll have something for sure. Good. All right. So what happened yesterday at the prison? Yeah. What was that about? It was the lowdown. Yeah. I mean, our sources say that some prisoners um, got upset. I don't know about what. Must be the good treatment that they're getting. (laughs) And um, they decided to set fire to the facility. Uh Ah. Yes. And so as a result of that, um, of course, you know, you had a lot of uh, emergency services running to um, Northward. Yeah. And um, four inmates suffered from smoke inhalation. So they had to be taken to the hospital. Wow. And then that was a trickle down effect where the hospital then had to go into lockdown for the A&E, the emergency area. Oh, geez. Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty crazy. Um, so they now say that everything's under control. Mm. Um, so we'll hope to get more details uh, in terms of what happened and who's responsible for this hot mess. Was yeah. there an altercation between a prison guard and a prisoner? Um, I mean, I did hear from my sources, which are closely connected to prisoners, that um, officers were assaulted okay. during the incident as well. Already, so I'm thinking they must have been upset about lunch or something. Like maybe they didn't give them oxtail. I don't know. Well, maybe the they distributed the menu for Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow, <laughs> and they were like, "Nah, nah this isn't going to work." Rice exactly, beans right? again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. A um, couple other things uh, happening in the community. Um, don't know if you guys remember Lavelle Marriott. Um, mm-hmm. She was the twerking lady in front of the government building. Yes. So she's well known for her theatrics, and now she's filed a lawsuit against the commissioner of police, Mr. Kurt Walton, in summary court, claiming $19,995 for damages she suffered after what she claims is the negligence of the RCAPS led to her neighbors harassing her. Mm-mm-mm. What a hot mess. Mm. Um, she says that the amount is going to be increased by 50%, if not paid by December the 5th, 2023. <laughs> I was like, that's how that works. That's not how it works. But anyway. Uh, okay. So like a ransom. Yeah. Her reports are that she's made some 25 reports to the police and gave four statements to the police commissioner, yet nothing has been done to address the matter. And I can tell you that her neighbors are the ones who are saying that she is harassing them, not the other way around. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted and see how that goes. But I don't I don't think that has a chance in hell of, um, of actually uh, being a successful lawsuit. But you can try. You can try. And I like how she put it right below the threshold for Grand Court. $19,995 is $5 short of it being a Grand Court matter. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. thinking. She's thinking. She's why smarter not, than you think. Why not make it $1 short? I, well, you know, give her a little $5 cushion. All right. So cops, um, a cop was injured, he said, in a malfunctioning elevator, and he's now suing government. Um, so boy, I tell you, the police are getting sued left, right, and center. Um, so this happened back, yeah, yeah, this happened back in 2020. And Detective Constable Jody Ann Wignall, um, who was employed with the firearms unit, was in the process of leaving the RCAPS headquarters at Elizabethan Square when she entered the elevator on the third floor. Um, and basically, it went to the top floor and then shot at a high speed to the ground floor. 
before Whoa. returning to the third floor. It's so, like the Hollywood Tower of Terror. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's scary. That's, yeah, right? That's pretty scary. <laughs> the Elizabethan she Tower of Terror. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She says that she sustained um, some injuries as a result of that. And she wore a neck brace for six weeks after oh, the wow. incident. Yeah. And had to receive various medications for pain, uh, undergoing physiotherapy three times each week since then. But I mean, so, it is almost 2024, and this happened in 2020. 2020, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, I don't want to make light of it, but people actually no. for that kind of ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they, it's exact the ride they at Tower of Terror. That's exactly. It is. Right. I don't want to do it. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling for a feel good story today. Well, here's a feel good story, maybe. Um, yes, let's do the UCCI one. UCCI and the United um, UWI what are you laughing um, at, have, have joined forces. That's the West Indies Global Campus. Um, University of the West Indies have joined forces to advance education locally. Um, they are doing this collaborative partnership uh, where they'll be offering additional, what they say, they're going to bridge the skills gap within the Cayman Islands and offer additional courses. All right. Those are your news headlines today. Have a fantastic day, folks. You too. Catch, catch me and Bobo, I guess. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626 that number again is one i'm happy good morning happy happy hump day wednesday i was saying what a beautiful day in paradise hope you guys are doing well um yes happy uh happy wednesday happy hump day wednesday we got a lot to be talking about this morning honey jail oh yes big shout out to mr berman scott if you guys missed the big announcement yesterday he has um penned a song 
Okay, somebody saying that they want to call and talk to me and I have to respond and say, pun the radio? Because that's the only place you can talk to me right now, honey child. I need to have an automatic response on my phone. Thank you for contacting me. As you probably should know, and if you don't, I'm now going to tell you. 7.30 to 10.30 a.m., I'm on the radio. So if you want to talk to me, call 936-BOBO. <laughs> it's like a public service announcement, honey, Jill. Call the line. I feel like I want to break out in this um, call-in uh, song here. Listen. Yes, honey child, you got to call in 936 Bobo's cell phone number. That one kind of gets your hips swinging in a different direction, honey chair. But um, yes, call me. Call me. Call me. Call me. Okay. You want to talk? Call me. <laughs> so, what can I say? What a mess. Uh, what can we do? What a beautiful place. <laughs> I think I'm going to need some ice this morning. Mm-mm-mm. I do my best to try to drink water without ice in the mornings, but honey chair. That's not working out for me. Miss Stacy, bring me a cup of ice, please. Ugh, water just doesn't excite me, but I'm I'm trying to do better, as you guys know, with drinking it. So call me, call me. You got a problem? Just call me. <laughs> so we got Zeus in the studio again today. This dog, I tell you what, he thinks he's getting smart. He's actually getting quite used to the morning routine, the morning schedule. Don't think he's stupid now, honey, chill. Marlon says he's not as smart as Coco, but I said, you leave my little Zeusie alone. He's still a puppy, so he's still in learning mode, you know. When Marlon met um, Coco, she was an adult dog already, you know. She was a couple years old, at least. So I was like, you don't worry about He He'll get there. He's learning the morning routine. So in the mornings now, he knows that I'm coming into the studio, and he's trying to beat me into the studio. So he wants to stay in here with me. Which is not a good idea because yesterday he started barking. I was like, listen to me, young man. Um, so right now he's snoozing right by my foot on the floor. We'll see how long he behaves for before I have to kick him out. So um, he knows the routine. And then if he isn't in here and he's in his cage, 1030, like clockwork, he starts barking. Like, okay, miss, your time is up. Let's get other stuff done around here. He is so funny. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to Miss Vernita. Miss Morna is here. Ervalyn, are you still in Dubai vacationing, honey child, or have you returned to the beautiful Caribbean? Felicia Rankin in the house. Nicola, good morning to you, darling. We've got Everton who's here. Olivia, Miss Wee Wee, Miss Dean says good morning. Sandy and the CMR fam fam. Diamond Princess, what's up, girl? She says have a wonderful day. Miss Pat is in the house. I love those flowers. Those look like roses, Miss Pat. Beautiful. Patricia Blake is here. Jennifer, how are you? She's saying good morning, everybody. Nadine is here. Beautiful Nadine, good morning. Uh, Melissa, how are you? Linda, thank you so much for joining us from the beautiful island of Bermuda. All right, Miss Linda, we love it. Miss Linda, I'm curious about how did you find us? How did you discover us? Because, wow, I, I love that you listen every morning now. Uh, Miss Alice is here. Good morning to you, darling. 
Wee Wee says, you got me dancing. Yes, honey child. Uh, boom flick, having a good laugh. <laughs> Listen, Keisha, good morning. Tracy, how you doing, honey child? Miss Cheryl is here. Gareth is in the house. Hello, Emma. Uh, wishing everybody a good morning. She says, good morning, beautiful people of the Cayman Islands. Be blessed, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you. Hello, Dawn. Miss Iva's here. Daisy's in the house. Buenos dias, Daisy. Um, Dawn sending some nice roses her way. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello, beautiful Dory. How you doing, chill? Miss Hilda. Hello, Miss Hilda. Stephanie Brooks is here. Another Dawn. We got two Dawns in the house already. We got Dawn Edwards and Dawn Wolford James. Yes, good morning to both of you. Kizzy says, good morning, Sandy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not a singer, but I think I, I, got, I got the point, Kizzy. Good morning to you, darling. Vicky is here. Oh, yes, we're in purple today. Why not? Um, Dory says, good morning to beautiful people. Irvlyn says, I'm now in London. Oh, honey, child, you too much for me. Traveling all over the world. She's going to be headed to Paris on Friday. Oh, you're not coming back to early December, girl. That sounds like a proper vacation. Wow. Mess with you. You know, when you travel halfway around the world, you might as well stay a couple weeks because, boy, those flights be brutal. Like two days, 15 hours of traveling. You can't just go for a weekend and come back, right? So, girl, go live your best life. Enjoy London. Enjoy Paris. You do it. Good morning to Thomas Russell. How you doing? He says, uh, good morning to everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Almost 300 people already on the live stream. We've got good Colin, young man. Good morning, Colin. He says, your number one super fan is listening on the radio with mom. So mom is driving him to school. So nice of you uh, to give us a shout out this morning, Colin. They're listening every morning. Colin, that's my little friend. Aw. Such a nice young man making his mama proud. I absolutely love when children in general, but especially boys, make mamas proud. Because, you know, I have a girl. I don't have a boy. But I, I, you know, I listen to mothers of boys. And there's something about a boy, they say. I mean, I don't know. I only have a girl. But y'all love you some boys. And so, you know, there's a special bond between a son and his mother for sure. And um, Colin is such a nice, nice son. He's a nice young man. Shout out to Colin. He goes to Triple C. And by the way, speaking of Triple C, I heard recently that uh, one of their students got expelled for truancy. And it kind of made me chuckle, the irony of being expelled for truancy. <laughs> I mean, I guess the kid doesn't want to be there anyway. <laughs> so you did him a favor. Um, I don't know exactly how that works and how a child um, can be... Uh, truant without a parent knowing? I mean, how does this work? So, hmm, I think parents need to get involved and make sure your kids go to school. It's a little bit weird because this is not something you hear um, a lot about, to be honest. So what's, what is he going to do now? He's like in year 12, so I mean, he's almost done. Um, was he just sick of school? Like, what, what's, the, what's the excuse? Like, I don't know. You need to hear some more in that detail, but on that situation. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, he gets kicked out. And then where does his life go from here? Maybe he's ready for, like, university or something. He thinks he's a grown man already. I don't know. Some of y'all children need a little bit extra time um, at the 
Um, some of you, some of you need a little bit extra time um, at school. Take your time. Enjoy school. It's good for you. So this person says, good morning, miss. Well, we need to talk the crosses not too long and him tell me a container down Jamaica. Oh, gosh. So that's a Friday show. Friday show. That's a consumer situation. Um, this person says, good morning. I have a boy and a girl and my boy has a special place in my heart. He's a sweetheart. Aww. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, I think moms just, I don't know why they really love boys so much. I mean, like I said, I got a girl and I could imagine loving her anymore if she was a boy. So, but then I don't have a boy, so I can't really speak to it, you know? Um, okay, honey chill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys know we've got CUC coming on this morning about eight-ish. So let's talk about a few, a few things. A few of you sent me um some videos yesterday. I didn't watch it. Um, by the way, if you're an American, I know what y'all are doing today. You're preparing for Thanksgiving tomorrow, biggest travel day. I think in the entire year, everybody's traveling, getting turkey dinners ready. Um, good luck to all of you. Um, uh-huh. Oh, honey, chow. Ask and you shall receive. Praise the Lord. I'm in, I'm in investigative mode this morning, and I'll tell you all another day. And I've just requested some photos, and boom, just like that, I got what I requested. Oh, 830. 830 is fine, CUC. Not a problem. Whenever you want, guys want to come on, I'm flexible, honey, Chad. You got to be flexible now. So that's fine. I ain't got no problem with that. Gives me more time to talk about other stuff. So listen. Um, Happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. We're getting there. I miss American Thanksgiving. It is literally my favorite holiday. Like this, it kicks off the Christmas season. You just love all the Thanksgiving food. So I'm going to be looking for a good Thanksgiving meal tomorrow. So if anybody knows where I should go. I think for lunch, it'll probably be Miss Alrita's because, you know, I love me. I love me some local cooking. But then I probably want to do maybe a little bit of dinner as well. Like, I don't know. Tell me where to go for Thanksgiving because I want all the I want turkey, ham, all the trimmings. I love sweet potato. I love a sweet potato pie. I mean, just carbs, carbs and more carbs. (laughs) Woo! The circumference tomorrow is going to be a problem. But anywho, so some a few people. Um, sent me um, (laughs) a video uh, with Dr. Frank saying that he was upset with me and he was cursing me out. Child, I did not watch it. I actually am refusing to watch it. Dr. Frank, let let me talk to you from one cousin to the next, right? You know, I saw him the other day and we actually had a really good conversation. I wasn't quite sure. He said to me, um, he started out with, you know, I ran into your Uncle Rennie and I told him, you're crazy, but you sure do talk about a lot of topics that we need to talk about. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't, I'm not really that easily offended. Some of y'all might think I'm crazy. Sometimes I think I'm crazy. Hell, I'm like, you know, (laughs) that's fine. You can call me crazy. You can call me anything you want. I'm not really that bothered. Um, Of course, I always ask that you try to uh, at least be truthful about, you know, it's your opinion that I might be a little bit crazy. That's cool. Um, factually, I'm pretty sure that I'm not, but I'm also not a professional psychologist. I and mean, I wouldn't be, you know, able to evaluate myself in any event. 
So I guess he must have heard my comments where I said he was kind of kissing somebody's AWS the other day, uh, namely Chris Saunders. And you see, to, to your credit, Frank, I'm sure you didn't see it that way because you don't even know how Chris Saunders really feels about you and how he actually doesn't even like you and he despises you and how he's talked about you. So I get it. Like when you ran up to him during the little seal thing, eh, 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 good job, good job. After his speech that only God knows what the purpose of that was. And then he turns around and abstains during the vote. I was like, what? So you're not in favor of a no confidence vote or you are like, he didn't, he didn't go either way uh, because he was hedging his bets, you see, because he knew, he knew the plan and him and Julie had been in talks. This is my personal opinion. And um, he was like, you know what, just in case Julie is not able to pull off this coup, I'm going to just hold my position and not say yay or nay. I'm going to just abstain. So he played it safe. Now, playing it safe is interesting uh, because, again, it says a lot about you. Be a principled person. Take a stand. Take a stand whether people like it or don't like it, but just take a stand. So um, it's unfortunate. Uh, mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, at the end of the day, when Frank went up to him, that's exactly what I saw it as, as kissing. Mm -hmm. A little extra. Mm -hmm. Dr. Frank, you don't know how Chris Saunders has publicly said things about you. I do, because he has said it to me and I've heard it with my own two ears. And there's certain people you just don't mess with when you know who they are. So you might be up in your feelings right now about me speaking the truth. I'm going to allow you to get over that. Um, and you'll be fine. Trust me. <laughs> you'll be just a-okay. You'll get over it. So I don't I don't know all what he had to say, honey child. But they're like, ooh, Dr. Frank is cussing you again. I said, oh, poor him. He surely must have something better to do in his life. Mm, maybe not. Get a job. You know, go, go do something productive. Uh, when you have too much time in your hands, it's not a good thing. Especially since you're not really, you know, he likes to do his little videos and everything. And I'm not sure what the end game is. But um, I don't know. I don't feel like you're really, uh, you're really doing much for yourself there. But anywho, you'll be okay. The next time we see each other, we'll be saying hi again, Dr. Frank. I ain't got no problem saying hi to you. And uh, you'll you'll just be a much more um, somebody say talk up the cold hard truth, Sandy. Kaboom! Kaboom! Hopefully you'll be out of your feelings by then, and we can just keep it moving. Am I gonna see you at the family um, New Year's dinner? I mean, I don't know. The luncheon that my sister had. Maybe you'll be to that one this year. I don't know. I just show up. If I get an invite, I'll be there. If I don't, well, I'll find somewhere else to go and eat on New Year's Day. Okay. Keep it moving, folks. Um, so I do want to dissect uh, Madam Not-So-Honorable uh, Premier Julianne O'Connor Connolly and her version of events of how she became Premier. 
something is just so shady about this woman that she's like a she's like a little snake, very slippery and sliding, and why well, she didn't get what she wants, and that's what she thinks. A little birdie also told me that the one or two things holding up the budget, one of them seems to be her desire to have a $50 million plus school in Cayman Brack that there's no business case for, there's absolutely no justification. And I'm willing to bet you, how many of y'all are betting people? I'm not a betting person, y'all know this already. But if I were a betting person, I would bet $5. <laughs> I'm a very safe better. I don't pay, I don't put no pile of money in nothing. But I'm willing to bet that this budget that she's going to deliver is going to have her Cayman Brack school. What do y'all think? Mm -hmm. She wants to deliver that so y'all can name that school after her. And that's going to be her legacy. Juliana, please, for the love of decency and all the things that are right, do not build that school. Do the right thing. Don't be an Alden McLaughlin. I'm going to build it and nobody's going to stop me but God. Don't be tempting God, Chad, because he might decide to stop you. You know, that's what he said about um, Clifton. Was it Clifton Hunter? Yeah. Wasted money on that design that doesn't even make any sense. The children can't even hear in classrooms because it's so echoey. I'm going to build it and I'm going to build it how I want. Gosh darn it. You people don't have a say. <sighs> Lord have mercy. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So yesterday, not even the prisoners could behave. <laughs> this person says a little snake, more like a full-grown anaconda. Mm -mm. Who's Betty? Betty? That's what y'all call Miss Julie? Betty? What, what's a Betty? Is that like a black version of a Karen? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Mm -mm. This person says, I'm going to listen with my eyes shut to the show this morning. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, let's talk about the prisoners. Even, even to them are up in their feelings. I don't know what they were protesting about. Do we have an idea? I mean, I just got messages like, oh, my God, Sandy, something's popping off at the prison. Have you heard? Do you know what's going on? I said, oh, Lord. Remember the one time that they protested before because they couldn't get was it um, lobster or some, some foolishness? Because they used to get such good treatment, oxtail all the time. And I remember during um, during Hurricane Ivan, I was at, oh, what was the name of the that um, wholesale place in Walker's Road? It's owned by the Marin family. I guess, is it still around or is it no longer in business? I don't know. But anyway, I was there where C3 is now. Remember? I, th I don't think it's there anymore. But anyway, it used to be there wholesale. Something begins with a C, I think. So I went there um, to buy some food for our, our neighborhood block. This is right after COVID, right after Hurricane Ivan. And everybody's waiting patiently. We're trying to get like a little chicken. We can put some chicken on the grill because we had no electricity and whatever. Came out imports. Thank you so much. And um, I remember a prison officer coming in, making a return because the prisoners said they didn't want chicken. They were sick and tired of eating chicken. I was like, excuse me? what? I need to go to prison. I can tell y'all that I'm sick and tired of eating chicken and demand oxtail and lobster and steaks. Remember when they were ordering that stuff on the menu for prisoners? I'm like, no, Bobo, this don't sound right. Prisoners making demands about what they're going to eat? What in the name of the parallel universe is this? 
Are you kidding me? And you know, K-Man Imports had to take the chicken back and give them something else. I'm like, Lord, y'all got life so good in K-Man. Y'all don't have an... Y'all ever see real prison food, reason, real prison slop? They just throw it out on there and you better eat it. <laughs> you eat it or you don't eat. They don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even our prisoners are ungrateful. Mm. Anyway, um, then they had rioted, I think, shortly after that. I can't remember the exact date, but they had their clothes hung out. I remember when they were rioting, I thought to myself, uh, this person says they burnt the prison down in 1999. Yes, because I came back in 90. 697. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so they used to have their clothes hung up. And of course, our Keystone police standing outside the prison don't know what to do. You know, uh, these people burning the prison down. They can't go in there and force their way in because I guess it had never happened before. So they don't even know how to handle a situation. I'm thinking to myself, this is just unbelievable. Anywhere else in the world, they would have stormed that prison. They might have had to kill a few y'all, but they would have taken the prison back by force. Now, I'm not in favor of trying to kill people, but I do believe that there should be law and order. And if there's not law and order, sometimes you got to knock some heads together in order to make law and order become a reality. And I don't have any problems with that. I'm going to be very, very honest. This weekend, the RCIPS dropped the ball when they should have been knocking some heads together. And they were like playing kindergarten. With this man running around talking about, shoot me, shoot me. If you had a pellet gun, you could have shot him in the back and stopped him dead in his tracks. And he would only have um, a bruise to show for it. Don't carry on lethal weapons if you're not prepared to use them. Instead, use a non-lethal weapon like a pellet gun, tasers, and so on, and be prepared to use them. Ugh. I'm so upset with the RCIPS right now. I will be filing a formal complaint against them because the only way to um, have issues like this addressed, coming on the radio, complaining about them, that only gets you so far. We all know that they slack Keystone cops. And, and listen, I'm not, there's a lot of good officers. So if this does not apply to you, then you don't worry about it. I'm talking about the ones like Mr. Uriel Williams, who's been on the force for donkey years and still doesn't know what to do with a property damage case, that you're letting people walk. I'm talking to you, Mr. Uriel. You're completely out of order. And anywhere else in the world, you'd be fired. You would not be a police officer. Mm-hmm. And that would be that. But, you know, we're going to keep you in the force here and let you continue to mess up cases. Um, and good people have to suffer because of your lack of incompetence. Well, it ain't going to be me suffering for your lack of incompetence because push comes to shove, the RCIPS will be getting a lawsuit from me and you'll be paying for the damages. So put your lawyers on notice from now to have my check ready. Hmm. Mm -mm. Pure slackness. Um, Ms. Dean uh, reaping sweet potatoes. Nice. Ms. Linda says, I was scrolling through Facebook and that's how I came upon your program and got stuck ever since. I love it. I've lived and worked in the Cayman Islands for eight years. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Hello, Miss Sonia. Strong Wilt is in the house. Good morning to Yasmin. Um, I'm off in a few days as well until January. Oh, Miss Iva, where are you going, honey, Jill? 
Good morning to Scott. He says, fast track to Northward University. <laughs> Northward U. <laughs> I don't know, Scott, what they were upset about. We don't have those details as yet. But, um, you know, oh, they're just like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're upset about little to nothing. Who knows? And you know what is so sad? I'll tell you what. Remember when they called in on the show? We had prisoners calling in. And the RC, the prison has now blocked my number. They can't call me anymore. I should get a burner phone and tell every, tell every prisoner secretly, this is my new number. Call me. 949. Let us out of prison. <laughs> right. So um, they actually have, have my number blocked. But yes, I I kind of think. Now, listen, follow the logic. It's going to sound crazy at first, but there is sanity and a little bit of madness sometimes. What if we allowed prisoners to talk to us? I'm just saying. They, you know, only the ones on good behavior, they earn phone privileges. They could call into the show and share their concerns. What would be wrong with that? Remember the one who called in and he was like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be here and this, not. And I said, Erks, pump the brakes. I'm pretty sure the court got it right. And you right where you need to be. Clean up your act. You know, we could give them a good dose of, of reality in prison. I don't necessarily see anything in principle wrong with a prisoner being able to call in. Because they need to know y'all have it real easy up in prison right now. When you come back out in the real world, you better have your act together. I'm just saying. Hmm. What a hot mess. Mm -mm. Anyway. Um, then they took four of them to the hospital. And because you have... Um, you know, prisoners at the hospital who, let's be honest, uh, the, the emergency room in particular can only handle so much stress at any given time. They had to put the hospital into the a &E section in particular into temporary lockdown until additional security was in place and they could then assess the security risk. Because, you know, these prisoners think they're smart. And I can tell you, that some of them I heard had plans, even as they were taken to the hospital for smoke inhalation, to um, try to do something crazy. So once um, visitors to the inpatient wards, um, it was lifted and visitors were currently restricted in A&E. And so anyone who was seeking medical attention could still access A&E for emergency services. This is all what went down um, yesterday. And, you know, the hospital has to, I, I'm glad to see they've taken a very serious um, position on this because we know that things have happened before when prisoners get out. They try to escape while they're in the hospital. Um, you know, there have been threats and stuff. And so the hospital staff tries to maintain a safe environment despite the madness that was going on. So I'm sure over the coming days, we'll find out a little bit more about the situation and, um, you know, who started the fire and why. And, you know, all of our response units were somebody sent me the video footage. They were in and out of Northward, like they were racing in and out. 
you know, they have a responsibility to the prisoners as well. And nobody wants an innocent prisoner who's now got smoke inhalation to be uh, injured because of this type of situation. So there is an obligation for prison to take care of those in their care. Good morning, uh, John, joining us from Bluefields, Nicaragua. How are you? Garrett says, I thought Felicia was the Black Karen. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Damien says, how dare you insult the snakes? Oh, my. My apologies to all the snakes in the world. I will not compare Julian O'Connor Conley to snake again. Because Damien has it in good authority. He's spoken to the king of all snakes. And they have said, please don't insult us. Mm-hmm. Rough seas. Says guarantee that's what happens. Damien says Cayman Brackers can't even get jobs there for that rubber stamping from from the rubber stamping work permit board. What a hot mess. Morning, Miss Renika. Yes, sir. Garrett says, yep, our prisoners are spoiled. Um, Garrett says, aren't the police trained? Well, that's a million dollar question, but I can tell you. I don't know how much training they get in the law, to be quite honest. I have to question that on a regular basis. But it's either two things. They're properly trained and they're just lazy and incompetent despite the training. And this is where you need to weed out officers, right? So they should set up scenarios as part of the training. Like after they've completed training, you arrive on the scene and you're presented with this. It's kind of like in law school. This is the, the situation. What would you do? You know, if you're a lawyer, then you say, okay, I would be advising my client. These are the elements of the situation that we need to be looking at. You know, um, we need to look at this, this, this. If it's a will, we look at all these elements to make sure that the will is valid. Police officers, if you don't know the steps to secure a proper case file to send to the DPP's office for property damage. Simple things that he didn't do, including getting the name of witnesses or potential witnesses, arranging to take statements from them, ascertaining the who, the what, the when, the where caused the damage. How can you be an officer and not know all of these basic things for an offense that's actually not very complicated. It's not a murder case. It's not a, you know, fraud case where you got to figure out intricate. It is straightforward and simple. And they always want to talk about this is a civil matter. And that means that they're not prepared to do their job. Y'all need to start firing some of these police officers, honestly. I'll tell you what, since we don't like to fire people, retire them. Okay, get them out of the service. It shouldn't be that you qualify as a police officer and you have no skills whatsoever. You don't know how to de-escalate a situation. You don't know how to nip it in the bud. You don't know how to do an investigation. You don't know how to send a file. You can't even type up a proper report. We have got to demand and expect better from our police officers. And the saddest thing is, all Caymanians will tell you, you're adding insult to injury because you're not even hiring Caymanians, right? You're hiring foreign nationals 
who don't have a clue. It'd be bad enough hiring Caymanians who don't have a clue, but on top of it, you hire foreign nationals who don't have a clue. And it's like, really? This is the best that you could do? Poor. Very, very poor. Damon says, well, look at the incident with the Cubans and the Panamanian ship. That cost us how much? Over a quarter million dollars, at least. We will never know the true cost of that because they're not going to tell us. But I heard that we had to compensate. This is what was on the mall road. Take it or leave it. That we actually had to compensate the um, Panamanian trip, Panamanian uh, cruise, um, not cruise, a ship, sorry, for their loss because they lost their place in the Panama Canal because of this whole hostage situation. And that can cost into the, like, you know, 25, 30, 50, thousands upon thousands of dollars every day, every hour that they're late or they don't get through. So I understand that we had to pay for that. And what did we do? Nothing. Those Cubans didn't spend a single day in jail. They didn't get charged with jeopardizing the life of a child who happened to have been, you know, one of their own children. They didn't get charged with anything. We are so soft that it is actually sickening. Anywhere in the world. Y'all remember, um, what was the crises? Jog my memory now. I think that one kind of went left field though, but what was the one with the Cubans in um, Miami where they were holding a little girl hostage or something? What was that case called again? Oh my gosh, help me remember. Didn't the Americans, uh, the attorney general, order them to storm in there and and end that crisis, end the hostage situation? And basically, if you got to kill people, you kill them and you get that child out. What was that one called again? (sighs) Amani says, um, it was a Cuban boy. Yes, what was his name again? Where is he? I guess he must have grown up now. That was a while ago. Elio Gonzalez, whatever happened to that situation? Let me try to refresh my memory. Elian, was Elian Gonzalez? Elian, E-L-I-A-N. Yes. Oh, honey child, he's a big man now. Uh, Cuban industrial engineer. No, that's not the wrong. Oh, he is? What? He's an industrial engineer and politician in Cuba? Say what? Okay, let's read up on him. Born in 1993, he was embroiled in an international custody and immigration controversy back in 2000 involving the governments of Cuba and the United States. Oh, yeah. So um, his mother drowned in November of 1999 while attempting to leave Cuba with Gonzalez and her boyfriend, to get to the United States. Elian Gonzalez is five years old when he was found nestled in an inner tube floating at sea three miles from Florida and Fort Lauderdale coast. Two fishermen found him and reluctantly hand him, handed him over to the U.S. Coast Guard as they feared he'd be sent back to Cuba under the wet foot, dry foot policy. Since he had not yet reached land, the Coast Guard assured them that Elian would be taken ashore for medical reasons, deeming him eligible to stay. Ilian was immediately taken to hospital and treated for dehydration and minor cuts to his body. And it was later found that his mother and um, the boyfriend, her common-law husband, had left uh, Cuba as part of a group of 14 refugees in a 16-foot boat. 
However, the others died in a storm while a young couple escaped to the shore and Elian was found uh, individually. Mm. So once he was once he was treated, Immigration Naturalization Service provided him a temporary deferral regarding his inspection and further released him to his great uncle who lived with his family in Miami's Little Havana. The relatives informed the family, blah, 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 blah. Okay, what was the crisis again? Why is it taking so long to get to that part? Um, okay. Emphasize the father's demand. Oh, the father was trying to get him back. He, the father wanted him back in Cuba. Is that what it was? Um, he was deported? Oh. Oh, my gosh. So they returned him to his father's custody. He was seized from the home of his Miami relatives in a raid. Yes, this is the part that's now exciting. By the INS. A dramatic photo of an INS agent confronting a relative holding Ilian during the raid went on to win the 2001 Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize. And his father, in turn, returned with him to Cuba. He grew up in Cuba, where he's now a well, where he's now well regarded by Fidel Castro's government. <laughs> of course, he is. Uh, Ilian went on to earn a degree in engineering, and he has worked as an engineer in Cuba. Uh, he's had a good story, a good life, no doubt. Um, he even has a museum exhibit in Cuba, and in 2023, he was nominated for seat in the National Assembly of People's Power and joined the body on April the 19th, representing the city of Cardenas. So he's a politician. What a hot mess. Yes, sir. Only in Cuba. Um, so anyway, I think that they were they were prepared to use force. I, I remember, oh yes, this is the picture. Oh yes, honey child. Let me let me remind y'all, because it's been it's been a little minute now. Y'all might not remember this, but this this is how INS immigration. And the good old United States of America is going to treat you if necessary. Look here. They were like, hand over the boy. And I'm sure that was not a pellet gun, by the way. Hand over the child or we will shoot you. Poor kid. Talking about traumatizing him. Lord have mercy. The point, Johan, try and behave yourself. You know, we want real news. <laughs> the point here, folks is everywhere else in the world. Cuba's probably not the best example because they go against human rights all the time. But even Jamaica, Honduras, everywhere else in the world, you cannot be a non-law-abiding citizen and think that you're going to just be treated with kitty gloves. Only in the Cayman Islands do you break the law, especially if you're a foreign national and you're a visitor. You come in here with a Uzi and your suitcase and you're like, oops. I forgot it the last time I went Uzi hunting or whatever. You know, I forgot it and believe my cockamamie story, please. Oh, no problem. Just pay $500 for the court time and be on your way. I mean, it is just absolutely crazy sometimes um, what we permit to just slide on through. So I would say let's let's get a grip a little bit, you know. Yes, humanity, having an element of humanity is important, even when you're dealing with prisoners. But when they decide that they want to raid the prison, burn the prison down, no, we can't have that kind of behavior. We can't have complete lawlessness. That's not how it works. What a hot mess. Good morning to Ms. Beulah. 
Uh, Gabby says the police here are whatless and cueless. <laughs> oh my God. What a hot mess. I tell you. Aye, aye, aye. All right. Damien, yes, he's still in Cuba apparently, and he's now a politician and an engineer. Good for him. All right. Um, UK has Scotland Yards. The USA and Canada says Gareth. Um, Miss Maddie, good morning to you. So we're talking about a few other things. Um, this person says in Jamaican prisons, you are getting um, tin mackerel flash out with dry white rice. In other words, you're not getting no oxtail gravy on top of your chicken special, right? Uh, let me see. Someone says our RCIPS definitely lacked training in this type of a situation. I'm so sorry. You should have pound him up yourself, girl. What a hot mess. Um, yes, thank you. All right. Some good comments here coming in on WhatsApp. This person says, uh, morning, Sandra, when I was studying... Uh, to be a teacher, I had to do a four-year bachelor's of science degree, take a teaching certification exam to be licensed to teach in the state of Florida, and I had to do one whole year of teaching practicum to become a fully qualified teacher. But any fool can do a little thank you, thank you training and become a police officer, the entity in charge of keeping a whole country safe and secure. And not just keeping us safe and secure folks, but actually in charge of like investigations. And they're supposed to know certain things procedurally about how to carry out an investigation. So sometimes we get up in arms about why is it that the DPP's office is in file, is in charging people or they're not charging them with specific things. You know, to their credit, they have to work with what the police have given them. And if the police don't carry out the investigation properly and they don't give them certain things, they can't charge people. A lot of times they'll go back to the police and say, this is what you need to do to rectify this. Bring the file back and we'll see what we can do. But it's a hot mess. What a mess. So um, a bit later on, we're going to talk about Premier Panton's decision to um, not take the speaker position. Remember yesterday, we were actually going to do a vote on this, but he kind of preempted it. <laughs> Good for him. Smart man. And essentially, he has decided to not take it up. So I hear now that Alden McLaughlin is in the runnings. I think that's a little bit humorous, but we're going to talk about the logistics of that for sure. But we've got some guests um, joining us this morning from Caribbean Utilities Company. So we're going to change conversation, uh, change conversation just a little bit. 400 of you on the live stream, do not log off because it is important for you to know uh, what CUC has going on. Um, they have really been working very, very diligently on their communication strategy and coming to the people and keeping you guys informed on a regular basis about what's happening with them and what progress they are making. So today we have the ever popular Sasha Tibbetts. I should say his hair is what's popular. <laughs> Everybody loves Sasha's hair. He's the vice president of customer service and technology at Caribbean Utilities Company. Good morning, um, Sasha. How are you? Good morning, Sandy. Uh, good to be back. 
been a while. Yes, yes, we missed you. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us again. And we've got for the first time, this is the first time on the program, but we're very, very happy to see him, Dr. Stephen Jay, and he is Vice President of Energy Operations at CUC as well. Good morning, Dr. Jay. Very good morning to you. Yeah, so good to have you here. Um, you know, we've had Sasha on the program before, and we know a little bit about what he does at CUC, but can you tell us what does the Vice President of Energy Operations do? Absolutely. Um, we're accountable for looking after the generation, the transmission and distribution. So basically producing the power and then moving uh -huh. it around the country and then to mums and dads at home and industry out there. So that's what the, the operations division does at CUC. Okay. Wow. So um, if there's a power outage, I'm sure you're one of the team members that is definitely on top of it and trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Absolutely. The team jump into action and they immediately assess the situation using our control room and the diagnostics in our control room to work out what's going on. And then the team typically then hits the road to go out and fix any faults and restore that power as quick as we can. Yes. Okay. Now, I had an opportunity uh, during, I think it was April, it was during the Easter break, to come and get um, a tour um, of your facility. And I got to see some of what you have in place. And I was really blown away, I must say, by the technology that's there um, that can even assist you, your team and all of you pinpointing where there's an outage and kind of what's going on. And, you know, you guys are normally on it very, very quickly as a result of this. Um, do you ever think, because one of the things that occurred to me while I was there is I thought, oh my God, this is, I mean, it's amazing, right? And I think that people, if people had a better appreciation of what CUC actually does, and sometimes you need to actually see the visual, like you need to do a tour, you need to see it for yourself. Um, do you think that maybe there's a way for us to bring that sort of tour to the masses in a way so that they, they can understand what is actually required to get electricity to your homes? Like it's easy for me to come in this room, flip a switch, and I have power and I never think about it. I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about generators. I just know that it's there and I better just pay the CMC bill when it comes, right? But I think that there could be a much greater appreciation and understanding if people got a little bit more of the behind the scenes view of what it is that you guys actually do. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be great to, to be able to do that. Uh, I mean, we used to do a lot more tours um, back when I first started with the company. Mm -hmm. Um, but as our safety program uh, evolved and expanded and understanding of, of various risks uh, and, and how right. to best manage them, it became increasingly difficult, not impossible, but just impractical <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to bring a lot of people in. Because to go into our engine rooms, you have to be in a full fire rated suit, um, not mm -hmm. because there's fire everywhere, but because yes. there is a risk of fire. And that, that's the appropriate type of what we call uh, personal protective equipment mm -hmm. or PPE um, for for that environment. Um, so, getting a, a group of people dressed up in FR clothing is difficult. Um, so, it, it is something that that it would be great to do, and maybe we can do a little bit more video work to mm -hmm. to show people what the infrastructure is like um, and and so on. And from time to time, we do take people through. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I do agree, it's maybe not enough. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we're here. Sunday to... is a, it's a very, yeah. very good question that you raise. And, and the more people can understand about how electricity is made and how it uh -huh. gets to people's homes, 
And when it's not working, what needs to be done to fix it? People will have a better appreciation then in terms of the work that we mm -hmm. do. So um, it's, it's a really good point to raise. Yeah, absolutely. But I do appreciate you. And I, I say to our audience members, you know, um, we often say that we want organizations to kind of have, you know, a bit of corporate responsibility when it comes to the community, um, educate people, tell us about ongoing infrastructure development and, you know, just really anything that's happening with them. Because you guys are an integral part um, of this community. You know, I think you have a very high rate of Caymanians employed. A lot of them are given opportunities to go off to uh, training programs and universities. And, you know, you have an amazing um, upward mobility program at CUC as well. And to be honest, you're one of those organizations, you kind of remind me of CNB in a way, that normally when people get in, they never want to leave. <laughs> you know, there's very few people who kind of voluntarily leave. Um, so you see, they're there forever because you guys really do, I think, a phenomenal job um, with your employee programs and giving them the support that they need and, you know, just having a really conducive environment to wanting them to remain and stay employed within your organization. So I appreciate um, your commitment to, um, you know, having these sessions and talking directly to the people. So let's talk a little bit then about some of the things that you have that are actually coming online. Renewable energy continues to be at the forefront of, um, you know, your vision for the foreseeable future. So last time you were here, Sasha, you were talking about, I think there was a bid bidding process that had gone out. Is there any updates on where that is and where your re renewable program actually is at this time? Yeah, so that, that program is going to be led by Offreg, uh, and they're, I guess, responsible for the procurements of all the large-scale renewable energy for the grid. Um, and lately, there has been some correspondence from them on this, which, which uh, is indicative that uh, the process is moving. Uh, so we're very excited about that um, when, when, when the RFP itself will come out is a bit of an unknown um, to us. I think I think they have a very good idea, um, but we, we will find out when the rest of the bidders find out as well. Um, and so we're, we're, we're looking forward to, to taking part in that process. Um, you know, we've been preparing for quite some time. Uh, we've amassed quite a bit of uh, knowledge and, and, and capability, and, you know, we're looking forward to having the opportunity to bring the benefits of those large-scale renewable and storage plants to to the country. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. So let's talk about some of the um, you know projects that you've got uh, lined up over the next five years. So what are we what are we talking about here? Um, obviously, again, for the benefit of our listeners, you can't just jump up tomorrow and say, "Oh, you know, next year we're going to implement this." It takes a degree of, of forward thinking and planning and You've got to roll things out sort of systematically. And sometimes a rollout takes a little bit more time um, than, you know, you might even want, but you've got to do things really um, the correct way in as safe a way as possible. So yeah. what are some of the key projects that you have lined up for the next five years in terms of um, investment projects? So there, there's a, I want to give you two different categories. One mm -hmm. of them is the projects that we have approved. Okay. And the other one is the projects we want to do as well as the ones that are approved. So um, maybe I'll start with the ones that we want to do first. Um, mm -hmm. And all of those are, are related to large scale uh, solar 
um, opportunities. So solar and, and storage um, that will provide um, large amounts of energy into the grid, as well as provide capacity to to um, to the, the grid as well. Um, there's there's a need for generating capacity, and typically in the past we would have fulfilled that need with engines, and that need is present. Right now, we're we're using rental generation to fill the gap um, until we can um, get a solar project going. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's enough solar projects lined up that we would like to do that would fulfill probably in the range of thirty percent of the island's energy. Uh, within the next five years, you know, we just did a customer email blast um, that talked about the other projects that we have ongoing. Those are the ones that are approved. The ones that we're most excited about is in the piece that was in the header above those that project said, look, hey, we're mm-hmm. ready to go getting 30% of the island converted to renewable energy in the next five years. You know, we're sitting at 3% and, you know, there's no shortage of people that are willing to say that that's, that's an unfortunate number. We, mm-hmm. We're on that list of people. That's an unfortunate number, considering the opportunities that are there. So we're really excited about that. And um, w- when Offreg gets their procurement process going, um, we'll be able to talk a lot more about the details of what we have planned there. In terms of what we have approval to do and what we are mm-hmm. doing, we have our battery project. That's 20 megawatt battery um, with 20 megawatt hours of storage. Um, somebody said to me the other day, stop talking in those engineering terms. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> right? And um, I think I, I did a, a back, back of the napkin um, calculation. It's about a, a 10, 10 to 15,000 homes for about an hour of, of storage, mm. right, in terms of their average load. So if you can imagine that, you know, there's 30 something thousand uh, residences in, uh, in, in, in Grand Cayman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fair chunk, but it's only it's only storage for an hour and it's only storage for half of them. But that's not really what it's for. What that storage is there for is it, it allows us to um, take what's called spinning reserve, which is the 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 online engines that are sitting there waiting for an event to happen and come on at the blink of an eye if there's a failure with another generating unit or something or some sudden load, mm-hmm. the batteries can go on to full load in, a, in an instant and can respond to those grid um, uh, events. Um, events like a cloud coming over a solar plant, mm-hmm. uh, the battery can respond to that infinitely better than an engine can. And so that project is, is gonna actually result in increased fuel efficiency, which means lower cost um, by about five, 6%. Um, for all customers, um, but the the side benefit is it's going to allow us to have more renewable energy for customers to deploy um, for those customers that can can find a, a way of doing that in a cost-effective manner. Mm-hmm. Another project that's pretty cool is we've started the conversion of five of our largest engines um, to the newest spec, um, which is going to allow those engines to have an extended life um, which means that we're not having to go and buy new engines to maintain capacity. Um, we're just doing this upgrade conversion. Um, mm-hmm. But the other piece that's exciting about that is this conversion largely prepares those engines to be able to use natural gas. Natural gas, um, from all the information that we have, brings an opportunity of about 40% cost savings on fuel, which is more money in consumers' mm-hmm. pockets, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, there's also about a 30% reduction in CO2 emissions. There's almost a 100% reduction in, in the soot, so the part of the smoke that you can actually see. So it, it's hmm. we're really excited about that opportunity. First step is obviously is is we have to procure the gas, and that's I guess the last project that that's um, that we're working on. That's that's pretty exciting. Well, all of the project, but <laughs> in terms of exciting for the customer, is we've already begun hmm. the procurement pro procurement process <laughs> for for natural gas, um, and we've identified um, a large handful of of viable companies that are capable of doing that delivery and we're going through the process right now okay very good wow so you've got a lot um on the agenda yeah. um and i mean that that's good though because it means that obviously uh cuc recognizes the um viability of renewable energy you recognize the necessity to um you know keep your engines upgraded to look at alternative options um, that will save both you and uh, most importantly the consumer um, some money as well and also better for the environment you know yeah. so um, and Sandy, we do these consumer surveys we have one going now so please if people are listening and they have it in their inbox please please uh -huh. do give us your thoughts we do appreciate that that feedback it does go mm -hmm. into informing our, our actions um, okay. but you know what nobody ever responds and says you know the bills are okay Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody ever says that. People will say the reliability is OK. People will sometimes say that, you know, the service that they got when they came into the, the office is, is OK. Uh, but nobody ever says the price is OK. And, mm -hmm. and we hear that. Right. And we we for years have been trying to put together projects, big projects, big investments that will work to lower the cost of energy. No one project is going to make a huge dent, right? But if you do a whole slew of all these projects, you know, uh -huh. the opportunity is significant. And, and and we've been fighting very hard against any project that we see that is going to increase the cost of energy because that's just contrary to what every single one of our customers is telling us. Uh -huh. mm. No, that's fantastic. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you talked about, you know, doing um, surveys and polls and asking people different questions. And I think that a lot of people are, sometimes they don't know where these polls and stuff are, are located. I'm going to talk about this after this segment because we're actually going to be upping the ante a little bit here in CMR. We're doing more of an interactive um, <laughs> polling as well. It's something that I've been in my brain working on. And finally, we are um, going to be rolling it out. And in fact, hopefully today we're going to roll out our first poll um, and we have the capacity at this stage to do up to 5,000 participants, which will give us a pretty decent idea of what people are thinking um, yeah. in real time. Um, uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So, um, you know, we do have a question here from this individual who's listening to the program. He says, can you ask Sasha about the process um, for customers who want to produce their own energy from solar and store it and use it? with their own batteries slash wall power. So there's been the option for quite some time, Sasha, yeah. for people to get in on the solar program. Yeah. Um, can you just give us the basics of, I know there's two different, at least two different programs available, how those programs work who yeah. towards? Sure thing. So there's two programs that are available. Um, there's our core program, uh, uh -huh. which has been around since 
uh, about 11 years now. Mm -hmm. And then there's the DER program. Um, CORE stands for Consumer Owned Renewable Energy. Mm -hmm. And DER stands for Distributed Energy Resource. Um, it's actually a bit of an industry term, but we've branded it for Cayman as well. Um, they both allow customers to install uh, renewable energy on their homes or businesses um, and sell excess energy back to the grid um, or store it and use it um, to go back to the grid mm -hmm. um, when, when they want, want to. Want to. Um, they have different rate structures associated with each of them. Um, and to be honest, I'm not sure that I can simplify it enough here, but that in, it basically, let me think, how can I say it? The core program pays the, the customer a fixed rate for 20 years for every single kilowatt hour that their solar system um, produces. Mm -hmm. Every And in that program, I think you have a system on your home, Sandy. Um, so mm -hmm. you, you, you might be able to... Oh, I've been sitting still yes. too long. The lights went off in my office. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> and uh, so, so, and all of the energy that a core customer uses in their home oh. is is then purchased back from CUC. So oh. you, you sell all of that you produce to CUC and you buy all of the you use from CUC. Um, right. And what that does is it gives the customer sort of a fixed return on their investment um, mm -hmm. that they can count on and they can use that fixed amount to perhaps justify a loan for their system um, for those that, that need to do that. It's been pretty popular. We have, I want to say, close to 20 megawatts, um, well, more than 20 megawatts on the, on the two programs signed up. I would say it's probably closer to 20 three at this point. Um, so that, that's that's a lot of consumer investment into those programs. The DER program is slightly different. Um, it's a little bit more complicated, um, but it basically the energy that you produce and use, um, it doesn't get, you, you, you don't get billed um, for that. You get a credit for what you pull from the grid and you get paid Sorry, you get paid for what you put onto the grid, but mm -hmm. there's also a demand rate structure, which is a little bit more complex. Um, and, and we're finding that it's it's mostly popular with uh, larger commercial entities who want to do large systems like you might see in some of the parking lots and and on the large uh, rooftops uh, that, that commercial properties mm -hmm. have. All right, and if people want to find out more, um, like some of the details, have someone sit down and maybe explain it. Are you guys the best ones to do that, or who would you recommend that they talk? Yeah, to? Yeah, you know, I mean, we we have we have staff that can explain it. It's also on our website, um, mm -hmm. so that they, they can go into the renewable section of our of our website and download the the application form, which is not just an application form. It, it's the entire agreement, which explains it in great detail. Um, mm -hmm. But truthfully, it is is it is often better to speak to somebody and ask questions, and, and our team is here to do that. We have folks that, that work on on those programs as well. There are the rooftop um, solar providers; um, they should be able to explain it as well. But oftentimes, I think it's it, it is definitely better for customers to ask CUC directly um, mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes we're we're finding that communications are getting crossed up and people are, are having expectations of certain things that um, were communicated to them incorrectly by third parties. 
Very good. All right. And just a quick um, public service announcement. We do have reports of an accident. Someone just said, is there an accident, Shamrock? There is. Um, let me just try to see exactly where this one is. So just be careful out there, folks. And if you're still on the roadway, then you can probably expect some delays. Uh, this person is saying that they're stuck in traffic um, from Rankin's Jerk Place. Ooh. So um, unfortunately, you know, in the morning times, there's always a trickle down effect with, um, let me just try to see if we can figure out exactly where this one, there's always a bit of a trickle down effect uh, with accidents. So this one is eastbound and um, they didn't say exactly where. So we've got some footage, but yes, there is a traffic accident that will probably now impact you coming into town for those of you who are still um, trying to make your way into work. But relax, I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can continue chatting um, while you're stuck in traffic. So that's there's always that silver lining. There you go. 936 at Bobo's telephone number, folks, if you want to give us a call. Um, let's talk a little bit about the upgrades to your engines and um, why that's now required. Dr. Steven, this is probably where you're going to jump in and tell us some, try to break it down in non-technical language for us. So tell us a little bit about uh, what are you guys doing to your engines? Absolutely. So Sasha's already covered our, our, our plans and desires to build more renewable generation in the future. Absolutely for that. And um, we've got lots of ideas and, and um, plans in, in the mix there. In the meantime, though, we, we'd like to reduce the emissions from our engines and be able to do that uh, requires modifications to our diesel engines to allow them to use natural gas. Mm. And burning natural gas produces less emissions, it runs more efficiently, um, but normal diesel engines can't run on natural gas. So we're looking to make some modifications to our engines to allow that natural gas to be burnt in the future as a transition to that lower carbon future. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, what is involved in upgrading an engine? What does that mean exactly? Are you... <laughs> replacing the engine? Are you replacing certain parts of it? Yeah, absolutely. It just involves certain parts of the engine. Um, how diesel gets into an engine is through an injector. Uh, gas will need to get into the engine slightly differently. So there's modifications to the top end of the engine and also the ancillary equipment around supporting the engine to allow that engine to run. So um, plumbing gas in, that control of gas, that um, modifications to that engine all required to, to enable that to happen. They're not major changes. You still have uh -huh. the same pistons and the same crank and the same generator. So all of those parts of the equipment will stay the same, but it's essential to upgrade certain parts to allow that conversion to natural gas. Uh -huh. hmm. Okay. And um, I know when I was doing the tour, Sasha, um, somebody explained to me that these upgrades also mean um, not just like, more efficiency and cost savings or whatever, but I think it also impacts the life and longevity of the engines as well in a positive way. Did I hear that somewhere? Yeah, the, so many of the parts are changed in the process. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, when you when you look at the engine after the upgrade, it's not going to look very different. <laughs> right. Um, might be a little bit cleaner, um, yeah. and, and, but it's it's still going to be an engine um, that looks looks the same on the outside but so many of the internal parts all the moving parts pretty much all of the moving parts except for the crankshaft will be replaced with a new spec part and mm -hmm. as a result of that um it's essentially 
a new engine. The turbocharger is replaced. I mean, so many things. Mm -hmm. um, it's a huge, huge, huge upgrade. That's uh, essentially it's it is a brand new engine except for the block and the crankshaft, um, hmm. which are okay. considered to be sort of infinite life pieces. Mm -hmm. And um, when you do these upgrades, I mean, obviously you were talking about a substantial cost. Do you have any idea what sort of money you're looking at? And how do you fund projects like this? Yeah, so the I'm just looking through the notes. Yeah, I should have this number at the top of my head. Um, I want to say that the conversion is in the order of a little bit more than 40 million US. Um, mm -hmm. That's what's ongoing now. And that's for five engines. That's going to um, basically provide what's the what's this 68 megawatts of of conversion um capacity so that that 68 megawatts which is a very large portion of our generating capacity will now be at the newest specification um, even running on diesel fuel will be a five or so percent more efficient mm -hmm. uh, which means five percent less fuel burnt five percent less co2 created and five percent less money spent on diesel which is money back into the consumer's pockets um, so it just even without the gas, the project is is a fantastic one. You you ask how how does how does this project get funded? Um, well, the the first answer is it's not funded by by any rate change. Mm -hmm. It's it's funding it's funded out of CUC's normal operations. Um, the 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 fact that we get to use the engine for much longer um, is a financially good move um, for the company and for the country. Um, the cost of that capacity for the life that it would be created for is substantially less. When it say substantially, not it's 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 less than half of the cost of new uh, generating capacity. So it, mm -hmm. it is it is a very viable. Um, projects financially for the customer and financially for the company as well. The other thing worth mentioning is the, yeah. the fuel efficiency. Burning gas is more efficient to burn than diesel. Yeah. And also the price of natural gas at the moment is certainly lower than the cost of diesel out there in the market. So it should work out a, a much more economic, um, both in terms of emissions and cost to consumers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Very we've done good. a number of forward-looking studies on that sort of thing, and the, the variance between liquid natural gas and diesel, it moves around, but the 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 sort of forward-looking average savings is in the order of about 40%. So some years it might be 20, some years it might be 50, but mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Both of those numbers are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other thing that I sort of was a bit surprised during the tour to find out is how much you actually take and reinvest back into improvements like this, like upgrading the engines and upgrading your operations and safety and building, um, you know, the, the, that one, I don't know what that building is called, but where your communication centers basically house the control room, uh, yeah. the control room right? Mm -hmm. Increasing the, um, the elevation of that. So that heaven forbid we get another Hurricane Ivan, you're in a much safer position to continue your operations from that facility. So all of these things, you know, are happening behind the scenes. A lot of people may not know that it's happening or they don't understand what does CUC do with its money? 
And a lot there's of a lot work. of there's a lot of work underway there. Yeah, if if I can outline that in in October, sure. so last month we we put up a plan to offer it, which um, outlined what three hundred ninety million dollars worth of spend over the next five years, mm. and that is spend on the critical infrastructure that aims to make sure that the older parts are being replaced, that we can maintain the parts which are corroding, to ensure that they're, they're going to operate, to ensure that the lights do come on when you flick that switch, and, mm -hmm. and if they don't come on, we can fix it very 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 quickly. So mm -hmm. all of that investment is aimed at sort of ensuring reliability performance of the system, not only in steady state, but also when we go through um, sort of bad storms or winds or environmental conditions, which are going to affect it as well. So we've looked at our standards around flooding. We've looked at our, our, our standards around wind. We've looked at what do we do if we do get a cyclone coming through and, and how do we cope with that? Um, so all, all of those then are factored into what we need to do in the future. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, 390 million is, is not a small figure. Yeah, yeah Sandro, I mean, that, that, that is a, it is a pretty staggering figure, but it's, it's not really that it's not really news. I think what's, mm -hmm. well, it is news, <laughs> but what, what's news is that we're, we're being, we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've been with the company for, for 25 years now and every single year, that I've been here, we have had a capital investment plan that has mm -hmm. been higher than our earnings, you know, so, so mm -hmm. more than the earnings mm -hmm. made, um, it's going back into investing into infrastructure to serve our customers. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's it, it, when, you know, people obviously, you know, the, like I said before, the cost of, of energy is, is a great concern for a lot of people. But, um, you know, the, the one thing to, to consider is that this is a company that is is not that is not letting its infrastructure um, degrade mm -hmm. and service degrade. Um, this this is a company that is is reinvesting in the country year over year over year so that we can maintain the, the service reliability that we have, um, you know, the reliability that CUC provides is at the top of and I, I, i'm pretty sure i can say this hand on heart <laughs> that mm -hmm. it's it is the highest reliability of all caribbean nations um, yes. not by a small amount mm -hmm. however on a cost basis we're we're middle of the pack compared to other caribbean nations what is unique about grand cayman is that users or customers um, because of the way our, the architecture is here and the amount of air conditioning that exists, the average energy usage um, in Grand Cayman is by far the highest over the rest of the Caribbean nations. And in fact, the second place country is less than half on the average amount of usage. Um, and it's just simply because in most Caribbean nations, there's not as much central air conditioning, there's not as much people that are running air conditioning 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. You might find that people will have an air conditioner in their bedroom and they run it at night when they sleep and that's that's the end of it. Um, so it's it's just it's just a difference in the way that that Cayman has has set up their their residential infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But all that all that to say is, you know, as a company we are here to serve. You know, we we are here to make sure that the their customers get the the highest reliability that's possible. Um, uh, and we're working every day to bring the costs down. Mm -hmm. All right. We do have a caller calling into the program. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning. Morning. 
Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, I'm a little skeptical of some of aspects of all of this um, green agenda. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to having solar farms, how sustainable is it to be mowing down um, acres of land to build solar farms? Like, why not just put the um, the, the the panels on the parcels of land that would be developed, like meaning on businesses and homes instead of having, I like, we don't have that much land in Cayman. I'm, I'm not sure how sustainable that is. Hmm. Okay. Um, maybe I'll take that and maybe Stephen, you can also um, give a perspective from some of the other places you've worked as well. Um, the, so, Yes, very good question, um, and and I think the answer is is multifaceted. Number one, we we need to use as much rooftop space as we can. Uh, we need to do that in a cost effective way. But if we are to consider that we want to get to seventy or a hundred percent renewable energy, which you know, the, the current national energy policy has a goal of 70% renewable energy by 2037. The one that's in draft um, for consideration has 100% by, I think it's 2050 or 2045. Um, in terms of available roof space, there's probably only enough to get to 20 or 25%. Mm -hmm. So then you have to think about, and you know, and then what? Right. How do we get the rest? Because the rest is three times the size of the available roof space. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's insufficient parking lots. So you, you have to think, OK, all right, that means we're going to have to do if we want 100 percent renewable energy, we're going to have to have solar farms or or wind farms or both mm -hmm. um, as well as 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 much uh, rooftop that we can do cost effectively. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not a, a a question of should we focus on rooftop or should we focus on on large scale um, solar plants that are that are on large pieces of land. The question is how do we do both and how do we do both in a, in the most cost effective way. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, it, the other part of your question is does it make sense to 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 cut down um, bushes and trees and replace that with solar energy. Um, that, that is a very good question. And I think, um, is definitely one that the community should weigh in on, um, mm -hmm. from an environmental standpoint, if you think about it, I think we, we don't have much interest in, in disturbing wetlands. Um, mm -hmm. so we're now talking about dry land areas. Um, so you then have to think about, okay, well, what, what's, what's in that property? Um, what indigenous plants, what indigenous animals, is there something that we can do in that development to either relocate or preserve them or give them space or even do the development in a way where they can cohabitate. Um, and, and we're looking at different options for that and hopefully other providers that are considering, um, providing renewable energy in Grand Cayman are also looking at those sort of things. Um, 
will it be perfect like how how the 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 land is untouched now um no um will it be better i think that's a matter of an opinion um, it will be reducing co2 the trees that are removed will create far less um will, will sequester far less co2 than the solar panels will in terms of the reduction of um of the diesel fuel burned or even natural gas burned um, and getting energy from the renewable. So th there's a huge net CO2 benefit um, mm -hmm. that uh, is there, uh, particularly if the right land parcels are chosen. Um, in terms of availability, I, I don't think we have an issue with availability. Uh, I think mm -hmm. we need several hundred acres. Um, but if you just, and if you take a quick look at, say, for example, East End Quarry, um, for those that are familiar, um, that's enough space, right? So mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it, there are challenges with putting it all in one space, particularly with a cloud. <laughs> but um, but just to sort of give an order of magnitude, you know, we're not talking about mowing the entire island down. We're talking about developing some large parcels. Uh, and doing it in as responsible a way as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I can comment on some overseas examples, um, your, your viewers are probably trying to guess where I'm from. I, I grew up in the UK and worked in the power industry there, but the last 23 years I've spent in New Zealand. And mm -hmm. New Zealand has, has a typical average day of 84% of renewable generation. Mm -hmm. And we also did a lot of work over in Australia who are moving off burning coal and oil to, to move to more green technologies. Everywhere I've worked around the world has been, where, where do you put these technologies and what's the best utilization? If, if you look on Google map in the UK, you'll, you'll now see solar farms dotted where fields used to be. So it's mm -hmm. certainly taking over where crops used to be grown. However, there's moving technology now where you can have animals who graze underneath solar panels um, and whether that's an option here to consider, that certainly I'm sure will be looked at. Other technologies have, have been both on land and offshore there's a very large development of offshore wind farms at the moment mm -hmm. because the availability of land has been restricted. But offshore wind farms aren't all suited to every continent, which have a very mm -hmm. large drop-off because they rely on being able to tie them down to the seabed. And so that there's, there's been a real mix um, overseas in terms of what has been applied to try and um, reduce those carbon emissions and, and move on to more renewable technologies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. All right. So um, I think the point here, though, and it's, it's an important one to make, I see Gabby says, um, that's just a waste of land when the land can be passed down to our children. There's always a trade-off. There is no such thing as you're going to get renewable energy without giving up something. So, you know, better for the environment, some cost savings, but you need land to make some of this happen. You can't just put stuff in, I don't know cyberspace and expect that that's gonna that's gonna offer renewable options so these gabriella are the makes it she makes a really good point you know yeah. it is a it is a use of land um and and it's a decision that we need to make a, as as a country do do we want to have all this renewable energy um yes yes or no and if the answer is yes mm -hmm. are, are we willing to develop spaces to do it yeah um and how do we find those spaces and how do we um uh create acceptable ways of developing that land so mm -hmm. that um you know the, because mm -hmm. the, the energy that is produced 
will serve the same children that that we're talking about. It will serve all of us. Um, it will be a lower cost. It will help the economy. But yes, the, 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 the price is that land and roof space and so on will have to be done. It will have mm -hmm. to be used. Um, but it, it, is, it is a really very, very good question that she asks. Um, but it has to be asked with, do we want renewable energy? And I think the vast mm -hmm. majority of people are saying yes. And in fact, if I can put my own personal opinion in there, um, and you look at things like the, what's happening with global warming and a country like the Cayman Islands that is so low lying as it is, particularly Grand Cayman, and you, you'd look at sea level rise potential, you know, it would really be very terrible if we're not setting examples for other people that to, to follow with respect to carbon reduction mm. uh, when we're the ones that are going to have the greatest impact from sea level rise which would be brought about if carbon reduction isn't done on a global level mm. so it's a it's a tough situation that we're in um and there's some tough decisions that have to be made mm -hmm. all right we've got a caller on the phone good morning caller welcome to the program Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning, there. They're discussing energy for energy space, mm -hmm. but they want to take out our trees, mm -hmm. make money off of energy, nuclear energy. Why do you just use the top of the dump? <laughs> the top of the dump. Well, I think there's a plan for that. Um, the waste to energy facility. Um, it does have. The, okay. So the solid waste management project regen does does plan to use energy from from the the dump i believe they're going to be capturing some of the 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 gas that is emitted there but you're right that at some point that land will be um, a good place to have solar panels and i if i were a betting person <laughs> you would probably see that happen in, in the near future but it's not that space is not um not a sufficient amount to, to solve the entire problem mm -hmm. but it would be a great project Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. So these are the compromises. I was just sort of thinking uh, when people, you know, were weighing in on this, when I, um, and again, this is one of the great things about like traveling and seeing different things overseas. When I was in Greece and we were traveling on kind of, I guess it's the main highway in Athens, trying to get out to um, Canada, we saw a lot of, you know, their, um, their power plant I mean, it wasn't hidden in any way. It was like right there on the side of the highway and you could just really see it. Um, and, you know, we were, our tour guide was telling us a little bit about their power generation and how they're getting power and how they're powering their country and some of the issues that they have had, um, both in terms of costs and even reliability issues and, and, you know, just trying to service the people of Greece without any rolling blackouts and that sort of thing. So it's part of their landscape. And it's very, very interesting when you see it because here in Cayman, we don't tend to see those things. So you get used, you're very conditioned um, to just, you know, kind of seeing either vacant lots, just bush or, you know, development with homes and whatever, and maybe the ocean, depending on where you're at, if you're lucky to see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this is part of the compromise. Um, uh, you know, our forefathers would say, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And so, if you want certain things, um, there is a way that that technology can be deployed and it requires use of land. You can't have any, even, you know, the idea about the wind farms and so on, 
where are you going to put that? That requires some sort of structural development and use of land. And a lot of people will then complain, well, that's an eyesore and we don't like it. And if there's going to be noise pollution and all of these other things. So um, Did you see wind farms in, in Greece? I don't recall seeing any. Um, no, I just the last the time I've, I was there, I, I did see quite a few, but they're up in the mountains where nobody is. Ah. So you, the only time you see them is yeah. they're off in the distance. Uh -huh. There's yeah, no off in the distance <laughs> on this island, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that that is a challenge. Yeah. So this person says that solar can be installed in road corridors um, along the road shoulders. It's being done successfully in Europe and Asia. So is that an option as well? What was the question? It said that solar can be installed in road corridors along the road shoulders. Um, it's being done successfully in Europe and Asia. Um, I, I, the, there's a couple of things that the caller or the texter might be um, referring to. Um, I've seen places that have actually made the whole road as, as a solar panel. Um, it's a bit of an emerging technology. I'm not sure how durable it is. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, that, that's those sort of, those sort of initiatives are, are, are worth looking at. I think the challenge that you have with roadside infrastructure is, um, cars hit it mm -hmm. <laughs> regularly. <laughs> um, I know so, Damon just said that so, he said, really with the drivers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it, yeah. it, it, it's a great idea and concept, I think. Um, yeah, but just knowing how often Stephen's teams are are out on the road replacing a pole that some almost one a day has has hit. Wow, um, it, it might be a bit of a challenge to put uh, panels up and and have a reliable utility service from them. Hmm. All right, maybe, but yeah. but you know th these sort of things are look being looked at all the time. I mean. The, the road surface one is a very interesting one to me. I'd be very keen to see if anybody gets that to be cost effective uh, because mm -hmm. of, there's a lot of space on this island that is a road surface um, that, that could be viable. Mm -hmm. All right. We've got a call on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. I just had a quick morning. I just had a quick question. Um, I seen on the weekend that less are sent selling panels for like one ninety nine, and mm -hmm. in a situation like that, what mm -hmm. exactly is the process? Because I'm sure it's not as easy as just taking it home and flinging it it up on top of your roof. Like, do you contact CUC? Do you contact one of the solar providers on island? Yeah, I didn't um, know that they're doing that. I can't remember the mm -hmm. wattage. Of and is it designed that. for, um, was the product designed for like home use? Because I know sometimes they give yeah. you with backup generators or like to power maybe yeah, no, a solar car it, or whatever. Yeah. So, so if you're going to install solar on your home, great. Um, yes. that, that's you, that's a, a really, really good thing. Um, and uh, Sandra, she'll tell you. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the pro but it is it is something that you need a qualified electrician to do. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you're definitely going to want to get in touch with an electrician or one of the solar installer companies who usually you will use an electrician. There's a bit of a process. You got to get a building permit um, for for it to make sure it's installed uh, according to code and, and safe for your home. 
Um, and then there's an application process with CUC to confirm that it's installed in a way that it, it communicates and works with the grid in the correct way. And, um, and also that you get credits on your bill for, for your production as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, is, it is not the kind of thing that a, a regular consumer should, should get involved with in self, DIYing unless they're themselves a qualified electrician. Mm. Someone, uh, you're most welcome. Someone in the comment section is wondering if it wasn't meant for camping. It might be. Um, so it might be, I, yeah. I like to see the product though. I mean, that sounds interesting. Um, Cause they've, they've got, I've seen online, like they've got these kind of portable solar panels. Like if you have a Tesla, you can take it on the road and kind of leave it outside and it'll help charge your car for a little bit or whatever. So very interesting. Um, did you say price right or? or it should cost you less. Okay, I might go by there and check it out. I'll ask Miss Barry yeah, what it costs you less. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what that is. But um, I must say, um, I'm going to message Mary right now. Um, your yes, Natasha's right there. Solar panel. <laughs> Tell me more. Okay, so um, I will say though that um, Sasha's right about the process. I mean, I've been through it, and um, it's not necessarily a cheap process. But what I would say is that the savings that you start to realize are immediate. And uh, for a while there, I didn't even have a bill at all. Like every month I was in a credit with CUC, honey chills. You know, I was happy. Um, And then you you bought more computers and more air conditioners. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, it's uh, the the interesting thing about it is you really want someone and, you know, you got to even be careful what solar providers or installers you choose to do it for you. You really want people who know what they're doing. Because let me give you an example, right? So the company that we use, we use Green Tech. Um, and one of the things they immediately did was a structural, like they had structural engineers come in before they touched anything. And, um, you know, they kind of checked to make sure that everything was stable enough for the solar panels, deciding how many solar panels, what, where to put them, because you got to put them to maximize your coverage. Like there's a bit of a science to it. Like you don't just throw up solar panels anywhere on your roof. Um, there's like a roof load capacity. There are really things that you really need to think about. And so in our particular instance, what came up was that, oh, you actually need additional hurricane straps because they're kind of like whoever did this roof probably didn't put enough in really for the roof. But if you're going to put the load of almost 50 solar panels on this roof, you know, the last thing you want to do is to have this kind of investment. And then the first storm that comes, your solar panels go with the storm. So they need. They said you need some additional reinforcement of the roof, some hurricane straps. This is where it would be recommended. Then we had to bring in a roofing company to do all of that. They sent the structural guys back out again to check the work that had been done and to confirm that it was sufficient. So I would caution you to get involved in like a DIY project, thinking that it's like really super easy. And there's a whole process if you're trying to go through the core um, program with CUC setting up a separate metering system and you know it's really and we actually have solar panels that because this is a thing too once you put up solar panels you want some that have some sort of a guarantee of like shelf life and they'll be replaced by the manufacturer and so on but you also want to know that they're working properly because they do stop working and things happen and so we have the capacity to actually monitor our solar panels to see 
you know, how much um, sun they're able to grab and if they're actually working properly and so on, because that's how you're going to get your money. Does it make any sense to throw up an El Cheapo solar system and you're going to save $2 because they don't really absorb the amount of um, energy or sun that you need to be useful? So it's it, there's a lot involved and I'm not an expert. I'm just a consumer that has gone through the process. And um, I say that there's certain things that you should probably leave up to the experts. And this would probably be one of them. Um, Rough Seas says solar companies will install somebody else's product. And this is why I was saying it probably becomes like one of those DUI projects that you don't want to get involved in. Um, thank you, Natasha. Natasha says yes, and engineers uh, to check to see if your uh, roof is actually capable um, because sometimes that's a real concern. Um, do you still have, says Garrett, speaking of renewable energy, do you still have any charge or fees for charging your electric car? Yes. <laughs> we have a we have an EV charging rate, um, which which uh, is available to customers who want to install a separate mm -hmm. service at their home for an EV charger. The problem with the, mm -hmm. the rate is you have to install that separate service, which can be a bit pricey, but it does give a lower cost um, for charging uh, your car Amazing. at night. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Um, but it requires like a separate meter is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so that's, that's why it's perhaps not been very popular because of that requirement. You have to, mm. you, you have to go to the cost of doing that as well as installing the charger. But um, oh. I think it's fairly well placed for maybe companies that have fleets of EV chargers uh -huh. where they're charging more than one. I think if you're just charging one, it's, it's hard to make it work financially. Yeah. 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 Um, unfortunately. Um, maybe with technology in the future, we'll be able to um, sort of analyze load in, in a place and, and focus that um, credit towards an individual device behind a meter, but the technology is not there at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So th there's that. Um, there's also our EV charging stations that are being rolled out presently. Um, there's uh, well, there's actually four or five of them that are out, but only one of them with vending. The other ones are the, the facility providers are providing free charging. Um, but there will be a large number of them rolled out over the course of the next few months where um, EV owners would be able to um, sort of drive up, uh, plug in and with an app pay for, for charging um, with electricity at regular rates plus a service fee for using the charger. Mm. And true to fashion, uh, Mary has Pardon just me? sent me, I said true, 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 true to good customer service fashion. Miss Mary from Kashi Less has just sent me these one nine 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 solar panels. And I don't think you're going to get, I'm just having a quick look at this. This isn't anything that's going to save you a lot of money, folks. Um, I know it's tempting when you see something this low in price to go, let me grab that. That's going to be a good deal. Um, but this is what it looks like. Just a quick picture. Um, 120 watts. 12 volt, it says crystalline solar panel kit with stand. Um, that just looks like one little stand, right? That doesn't look like much. Ideal for- 120 watts. Yeah, that, that, it's not gonna give me much of anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. Um, so Stephen, from an electrical perspective, does this look like something that is um, gonna really save you money at home? So to me, that would be ideal to take camping. And then you could put yeah. it outside your tent and charge your phone up. Um, 
or, or your other uh, equipment that you use. Um, to mm -hmm. put that on your home, uh, no, like you said, you will need your roof assessed, you'll need to be able to secure these things properly, they need to be safely electrically connected to the system. And um, yeah, th this probably wouldn't tick those boxes, but in terms of other uses, if you've got a boat, for example, or mm -hmm. you've got a car with a, a dying battery, which you like mm -hmm. to keep topped up, but your extension lead won't reach that far, that could be an option yes. for that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see, you know, for, particularly for Easter camping, having this sit attached to maybe your car battery, and then mm -hmm. your car battery might be running some devices for your campsite that could be useful because it sort of keep the battery topped up for some of the hours of the day. Mm -hmm. hmm. Probably okay. not going to run an air conditioner in, the, in your no. tent. <laughs> no, and it's literally, I'm just having a quick look at, um, at Amazon and um you know i know i love amazon it says ideal for rvs um homes don't know what kind of homes boats backup and remote power use 12 volt charging solar panel station pumps and lighting equipment high efficiency high efficiency crystalline solar cells so you get a little 8.5 amp charge controller um so yeah this isn't this isn't quite you wouldn't go and buy like a hundred of these and try to put these on your house no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to go camping, then why not? Take it with you, honey child. Take it with you. All right. Um, very good. So CC is in the house, folks. We got a few other questions and comments. Someone's asking about nuclear energy. Oh. Let me let me comment on this one. Yes. Um, I, I used to work in the nuclear industry in the UK. And um, the standard size of a power station over there is um 660 megawatts 660 megawatts uh -huh. is one unit and typically two of those generating units will be connected to a nuclear island so you'll have 1.2 gigawatts of power in terms of a typical nuclear station uh -huh. if, if you look overseas anyone following the the english news they're building some new nuclear sta stations uh -huh. over there there's one at hinkley point called hinkley point c which is currently under construction I can't remember what the cost is at the moment. Last time I looked, it was about 23 billion pounds and it was going to be about 2.4 gigawatts big. Our peak in our system is 124 megawatts. Mm -hmm. um, very, very different than a gigawatt. And so the scale of what is commercially produced out there at the moment in terms of standard size nucleus certainly wouldn't be suited for Cayman. However, saying that and looking into the future there are a lot of bits of research being conducted uh, in the states um, overseas in europe as well in terms of looking at small modular reactors and those reactors might be a lot smaller and mm -hmm. there's talk about whether they would be the size of a couple of shipping containers which might not be refueling for, for 15 or 20 years and they might produce a couple of hundred megawatts uh, again the scale of that for cayman is certainly not fit for purpose now. Will it be fit for purpose in the future if demand grows? It might be. And so we keep our eye on emerging technology, no differently than solar, than wind, than hydrogen, and fuel cells, and all the other bits that are emerging out there to see what, what might be applicable here. Uh -huh. Huh. But in terms of the economies of scale at the moment, what they're building overseas is far, far too big for what would be suited for an island nation. Uh -huh. Steve, and not only guys, that, I mean, you guys ever come across any of those sort of small modular nuclear reactors that people have been talking about for 
maybe a decade or so. I keep hearing about them, but I've never seen one in commercial use. There's a lot of there's a lot of work underway. Rolls Royce, a very renowned company, is is got a study underway looking at uh, building um, small scale, and and there's some really good stuff on on their website regarding what they're up to. Um, but there's there's still several hundred megawatts megawatts mm -hmm. like our peak on our system is is mm -hmm. what, 124 yeah. currently and and so um again it, it would be very hard to to justify building one here to run it at half power and it would mm -hmm. be the only generator that would be running so if it ever went wrong the lights would go out and so I, I think in the future people will look at modular reactors or other forms of renewable mm -hmm. power um with less emissions that might be suited for here Hmm. But from my perspective, it's really, really important we keep an eye and, and learn from others overseas in terms of what's emerging and then try and translate it into the context yeah. here to go, how would it work? Well, James Whitaker weighs in. He says nuclear energy is illegal in the Cayman Islands and there's no appetite to change that for very good reasons. Yeah, um, it, is, it is against the law. Um, I'm not yeah. sure I agree with him on the appetite. We don't have a whole lot of appetite for it, but I have... I have received questions from from a large yeah. number of customers who said, "Hey, what about nuclear? Why aren't we doing nuclear?" Yeah. Um, well, you I, know what? I, I do agree with him. There's good reason why it's not legal here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. I was going to say though, have to be done. Can I say, Sasha, in terms of consumer appetite, sometimes people think they want something because they don't know enough about it. <laughs> so yeah. they may well, think they, they have the the appetite. There's, so there's some, there, there are pluses that come with every minus, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ms. Lorraine is joining the conversation. She said, just joined a few minutes ago. Are solar panels available for anyone who wants to go through the process of having solar panels installed in their roof? So let's talk a little bit about the solar. Uh, Ms. Sue, I'm going to ask, I'm going to speak to you. Ms. Sue says she can't afford it because she's already paying too much as a UZ. So I'm going to talk about affordability here in a second. But um, let's talk about the core program. I know that every single time, um, I guess, Offreg approves for expansion of that or another um sort of group is opened up it sells out very very quickly so there are people who are jumping on it people are not wasting any time so tell us right now if i wanted to get solar is there capacity for me to do that you know i should have checked but i think the answer is yes okay. <laughs> um the, the the last tranche that was let out at six uh five megawatts sorry um the first three and a half went very quickly um mm -hmm. and served all the sort of pent-up demand and mm -hmm. the remainder has just been going out the door organically. So I, I don't think it's completely subscribed. Um, but even once that is complete and once we have our battery project online um, early middle of next year, um, there will be more available. So, yes, somebody who wants to do that today. Yes, they could. Mm -hmm. OK, um, so, yeah, Miss Lorraine, the short answer is yes. Uh, you can probably reach out to James. He can help you uh, give you a quote. Uh, Miss Sue, I hear this all the time where people say that they can't afford it. Now, I'm, I'm going to weigh in on this as a consumer who also couldn't afford it. I think that we afford the things that we really want to prioritize and that we really want to have, right? So if you can afford to go on a vacation, that money that you would have spent going on a vacation, trust me, you could have put towards a little plan um, of getting solar a solar system. You just have to prioritize what you want. I mean, you can't have it all. That, that's I don't know who told us that in life, but one of the um, reality checks that you're going to hear here in the cold hard truth is sometimes you've got to make sacrifices. Now, listen, there are banks. I know that CUC 
in conjunction with green tech um sometime that might have been was it this year or last year oh the time just goes by but anyway you know they had a little um informational session there at al thompson's and they had different programs that they were offering you you could get a loan from them to be able to make it much more manageable and much more affordable. Sometimes they, you know, integrate it into your home mortgage. And that makes sense. If you're at like the front end of your mortgage, you're not gonna see much of an increase in your mortgage payments um, anyway. It's not gonna do much, you know? The same way that you think during a situation like COVID, oh, let me take a mortgage um, payment break. You know, that's not a smart move, but it would have been a smart move during that time to say, you know what, let me look at solar panels. So every there's there's a yin and yang. Decisions have to be made. Even with your finances, you've got to prioritize. And this is the type of investment. Yes, it costs money. It's not free, and by most accounts, it's also not cheap. But it is something that is manageable, and it certainly depends on the size of your home, how many solar panels you have. You know, you have a consultation with solar providers. How much coming off of the grid you want to be able to do. Like at the time we decided as a household that we were not in a position to afford the batteries and they were like extremely expensive. So we didn't get a battery. Um, you know, that would have given us additional capacity to um, have, you know, some more savings, but we opted not to do that. So you've got to, I think sitting down with um, people who are experienced in solar panels, can give you some advice. One of the reasons why we also decided to do it when we did it is we were informed that you know every for every single batch i guess of new people that come in on the um, der program no the core program sorry um the cost that you're going to be able to sell it back to cuc actually decreases yeah the last one it took the same number so it didn't decrease the last time it just the last time. The number. Yeah. but over time you over basically, time yeah it used to be 38 cents now it's between 15 and 17 cents right so uh, we got in when i think it was like 25 cents or something i'll have to double check yeah so in other words i am able to sell it back to cuc at a much higher rate the longer you wait and the more people come on to the solar programs that is going to continue in all likelihood to go down. So yeah. it's going to the take the flip side more. of that is the cost of the systems are also continuing to go down. So we're trying to match the rate, yeah. or, or at so, least in the past, we were trying to match the rates to make it viable with um, for, for customers. Yeah. So, you know, so for example, now a five kilowatt uh -huh. system costs somewhere around 10, $12,000 or so. Uh -huh. um, you can expect somewhere around $1,500 a year credit from that system rough numbers right yeah. so you, you're not going to pay for it in a year but you are it is going to pay back right mm -hmm. um, maybe yeah. a little bit better than the stock market would all right so there you have it um you know talk talk to people and look at the financial viability all right good morning to michelle good to see you um you guys have been with us for just about an hour i know you guys are extremely busy and we didn't get through everything that we wanted to talk about so we'll have you back maybe in a couple weeks coming into december um, anything on anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover like well i do have one one, one burning question. hot potato <laughs> i do have one question here from a listener who said um sandra please ask why it isn't approved for biodirectional meters and why can't persons with solar own their own batteries to preserve energy so this is where we like to make sure we correct information there's yeah. nothing stopping people from having a battery connected no. to their solar system no no, what's what 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 there is um, out there is some some customers and some providers were installing systems 
where they weren't informing CUC, they weren't having the system done um, in accordance with code, and they were sort of creating an off-grid system with batteries, and um, which was causing problems um, without getting into the technicalities of it. And so that that's that's not not allowed. You have to inform BCU. You have to inform CUC. Um, if you if you wish to to have solar on on the connected to the grid, uh-huh. um, so if you wish to have a battery, um, you can certainly do that. Um, and there's it's a simple form to let CUC know that you're connecting a battery uh-huh. um, to to the grid. The battery has to perform in a certain way, but that performance requirement is not onerous. And most home battery systems. Um, comply with with the requirements that, that we ask for and it's mm-hmm. just a simple configuration of the settings it's nothing major um, any of the electricians on the island can can help you with that um, whether it's I, I won't call a brand because we don't like to endorse anything in particular uh-huh. but there's a number of them out there that are that are viable okay very good all right folks um thank you so much to both um sasha tibbetts and dr Stephen jay for coming on the program today um they'll return soon and tell us a little bit more about what you know they have been working on some of their goals for cleaner energy and um their customer satisfaction survey which actually launched today so tell us how people can actually participate in that and maybe we can help you spread the word on our platform oh thank you um yeah so we, we emailed the customers directly with the survey. Actually, we didn't. Our, our consultant did Savage Consulting. So it doesn't come from CUC. It comes from a company called Savage Consulting. Okay. Um, and it is, uh, well, let me see if I can pull it up quickly because I got one. Uh-huh. Um, it says, please be easy to find. Uh-huh. Of course, it's not going to be easy to fight today. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Murphy's Law. Uh, yeah, but it, it basically says um, that that we're asking for your opinion. It's a survey. We sent them to, a, it's, a, it's not the entire customer base. I think it's about 20 or 30% of customers uh-huh. so that we're not asking customers every year the same set of questions. Um, we sort uh-huh. of rotate it around. Um, okay. your, your responses are collected with everybody else's and I can tell you it's 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 very very enlightening it's very helpful it helps us to prioritize efforts on the various different initiatives that we have um, you know in past years we heard about reliability and that couple that really put a lot of impetus and a lot of um, justification on assigning resources to solving some of the reliability problems we had Um, back in 2017. Um, And because of that feedback from our customers, uh, as well as the the input of of the the folks, mostly in Steven's team, um, that did a lot of work, a lot of investment in in bringing things back to to their, their best you know, we were able to improve our reliability to where it is today. Um, costs, even just simple things like, hey, we don't like how this payment method works mm-hmm. or whatever. We get enough people saying that we're going to make changes. Um, mm-hmm. So please, 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 if you did receive one of those emails, I really appreciate your feedback and I'd be grateful for it. Okay. And can I give you guys a shameless plug? So, um, 
<laughs> He's like, I don't know what this is. Let's go with it. Um, so recently I had to, um, you know, if you haven't done something with CUC in a while, you've kind of forgotten, like, how was it done? What was required? So recently I had to um, get new service um, at a new service location. And boy, it was so seamless and easy and smooth. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's it? You sure? Where you did you go to get that? Tell us about I it, Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> So this was your West Bay Road location. Okay. What is that plaza called Caribbean again? Plaza. Um, yep, Caribbean yep. Plaza. And um, a young man there, Kevin, I think it was Kevin, um, mm -hmm. assisted me and handed me an iPad. And I just filled out a few things. And because I'm an existing customer, it was like really easy. I could upload, you know, photos and bam, that was yep. it. I mean, like it literally took just a couple minutes and I was in and out and done and that I was like, are you sure you don't need anything else? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, if you have the uh, right documentation, it is entirely possible to sign up for service from your phone. Wow. Yeah, wow. you just have to take pictures of the documentation. Well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, folks, um, Caribbean Utilities Companies was here in the house. Thank you very much to, uh, to both Stephen uh, J, Dr. Stephen J, um, who is, again, Vice President of Energy Operations, and Mr. Sasha Tibbetts, who is Vice President of Customer Service and technology. Appreciate you guys coming on today. Thanks for having me. Hey, real pleasure. All right. Have a, good have a great day. All righty. All right, folks. Um, James says solar isn't getting cheaper today due to global economic factors. The installed cost of solar in 2022-2023 has gone up, not down. What a hot mess. He says the NREL, U.S. government quarterly reports show that installed costs today are equivalent to the costs in 2017. The rates have been pushed down uh, dramatically from 2017 levels. The rates have been pushed down dramatically from 2017 levels, led by CUC and some with an off reg. The end result is that no one can get the benefits Sandy enjoys with her system, and that is directly tied to efforts by CUC. Aye, aye, aye. The majority of core demands comes from, and of course, the rest of it got cut off. Um, James, I, I know you got an issue with CUC, honey child. You've made that very, very clear. And very very obvious. Um, Offreg would probably disagree with you. I'm sure CUC would also disagree with you. Um, but folks, um, I would encourage you nonetheless. James is obviously in the solar business. He owns a green tech. Um, go out there and um, get a system. Um, you know the, the the benefits benefits are benefits. Um, is it going to be what it was in 2017? Am I not? I don't know. What I'm telling you is it's going to be better than having no solar system at all. And I think that honestly, um, that is the bottom line. All right. Rough seas and Jonathan, y'all having a discussion about grammar and capital letters and spelling. We're not going to get into all of that. Um, let's take a phone call here. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hi, good morning. Good morning there. I just want to take this time to say a very big thank you to CUC. Mm -hmm. uh, Miss Sandy, can I tell you, we as, we as customers of CUC, we cannot complain about um, um, CUC giving us eye bill. We have to do something about it because mm -hmm. I can contrast that my light bill was running almost to the 700, mm -hmm. 600 mm -hmm. match. And can I tell you, I, I did some big adjustments and my light bill is like 320, 340 now. Girl. So wow. we, we have to do our part because yes. they are doing theirs. I want to say a big thank you to them and keep on doing the good job that you guys are doing. And we really do appreciate all that you do for us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, no, thank you. Yes, my dear. Thank you too. 
So yes, to that caller's point, there is a lot that you can do. You don't even have to use it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, people want to have their cake and eat it too. And my good Aunt Lottie told me, there's no such thing as a free ride, honey chill. She didn't use the honey chill part, but she said there's no such thing as a free ride. All right, honey chill. Christmas is almost here. And if you don't have your Christmas tree yet, shame on you. Well, you can get it soon. Ho, ho, ho. It's time to order your Christmas tree, K-Man. Wonderland Christmas trees are now available. Just go to our website at christmastrees.ky. That's christmastrees.ky. The trees are direct from Canada. Grade A premium, beautiful balsam firs, which you can get in different sizes, ranging from 5 feet to 10 feet. But it's very important to order your tree as soon as possible so you get added to the tree order. christmastrees.ky. That's where you'll find Wonderland Christmas trees. Perfect for that freshly cut Christmas tree smell in your home or office. And when you order, you can select delivery. Or you can pick it up at our Wonderland Christmas tree lot in the Regatta Business Park in late November where you will experience nightly snowfalls and the only place in the Caribbean where you can find snow. It's that time of year, K-Man. For K-Man's most wonderful time of the year, it's Wonderland Christmas Trees. Order now at christmastrees.ky. That's christmastrees with an S dot K-Y. Ho, ho, ho. See you soon. It's that time of year. Christmas is a coming, folks. So get your live Christmas tree. There's nothing like a live Christmas tree. It just makes the whole place smell so wonderful and so nice. And, you know, it's fantastic. But listen, um, if you have a dog, which I've got a puppy, be careful with the Christmas trees because, boy, sometimes Coco used to, like, try to eat all the pines off of the tree. And so... <laughs> Um, yes, be mindful of that. And also, you know, you, 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 the, the trees last a really long time. I must tell you, um, you just have to know how to water them properly and put them in a proper stand and all that good stuff. And, um, yep, you'll be good to go. So get your Christmas tree. I think they're going to be setting up soon, um, at the parking lot there at, uh, cost you less. So go to christmastrees.ky and get your your live Christmas tree, get ready for Christmas, start decorating it, start putting out your beautiful um, Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Christmas, um, I think some of you caught the um, Christmas tree lighting event this past Saturday at Caymana Bay. Congratulations to them. First of all, um, go on our Facebook page if you missed it. We've got uh, some good footage of it. Uh, lots of you are watching, and I think tons of you since then have seen it. Um, there's a couple things that they did this year that I quite liked, and I want to congratulate them on this. First of all, they got rid of the live fireworks. Yay! Where's my applause button, honey? Honey, Jill, hold on. Yay! Um, yes, I like the idea. I thought it was great. I didn't know actually that they were going to be doing that. But in the end, I thought this is fantastic. I like it. You know why? Because uh, fireworks, polluting the air, um, poor dogs, it drives them crazy. It's a lot of noise pollution. You know, all the, I don't know who collects all the remnants of what falls into the ocean, all that kind of stuff. Can't be really all that fantastic for environment. But what they did instead, oh my God, I'm going to see if I can pull this up. What they did instead, and apparently every, correct me if I'm wrong, Cayman Bay people, 
Um, but every night at 7.30 between now and Christmas, they're going to have like this lighting show um, of the tree. So I don't know where they got this tree from, but it was spectacular is really the only word that I could use to describe this Christmas tree. Okay. It's the same size, I think. It's humongous. I don't even know how many feet that is, but it's really, really big. But they had this amazing, I don't even know how they did it, choreographed lights with Christmas music and the star changing colors. And the, did you guys see this? It was off the chain. Like, I was like, wow. I tried capturing it with the, um, with the camera while we were there. I don't know if I did it justice because in person, if you haven't seen it, please go and check it out because I was just in awe of, hold on, let me see if I can, I'm going to see, oh, over 17,000 people have watched it here. Hold on, give me one second. I'm going to see if I can grab this real quick and show you guys. And again, the video doesn't do because you got to see the vibrant colors. Oh my gosh, it was just like next level. Absolutely love it. And it was so much more interesting than just fireworks as well, right? I mean, there's only so much you can do with fireworks. This was just choreographed and bling bling everywhere. And oh my goodness, beautiful, beautiful. And let me just take this opportunity to say thank you to, I don't even know, I guess it's just a DART organization that does this event every single year. Um, how many years have they been doing this now? Hold on. It's been a few years, well. And I mean, they literally have so many people there um, that they ran out of parking. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe with all those parking garages. They actually ended up, I, you know what? I had found a spot. I was driving and then I, I couldn't find any place because I got there kind of late. Marlon was like, mm, honey, child, you better hurry up if you plan to come. I'm like, I'm coming. I'm coming right now. But I got there late. And um, let me see where I've just saved this video. Hold on one second. So yeah, so I got there late and I was like, um, hmm, now to find parking. I was driving all over the place, couldn't find parking. And there's one really, really, really good spot that opened up. And I was like, yes, what good fortune. And then a lady comes out, oh, we're going to save this spot for Santa. You know, I wanted to tell her something about saving a spot for Santa. But in the spirit of Christmas, I begrudgingly said, really? And just kept driving. <laughs> So Santa got a premium parking spot. I'm like, why didn't y'all have a spot held for Santa before? Why make me get all excited that I just got this awesome spot two steps away from where I needed to go? Where did you come out from out of the bushes? How do I know you're really holding it for Santa? There were so many questions in my head. And I said, just leave it alone. It's Santa. Just let the man get some parking. But I would have thought that they would have had a reserved spot already for Santa. Not trying to find him one that just opened up. Anywho, um, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, so I didn't get that spot. But when I started to come back around and I was starting to get a little bit annoyed that I couldn't find parking, there was a guy going around on a little bike saying, hey, we've just opened up the basement parking here. Go down there and you'll get in. I was like, because I was about to get really annoyed after sitting in traffic all this time. So um, let me see now. Where have I put the Christmas tree video? Mm -hmm. Hold on one second, honey chill. So uh, yes, it was a sight to be seen. Um, spectacular. 
like I said, is the only word to describe it. Let me see where this is. I put it in the November 2023 folder, which makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Let me see now. November Christmas tree. Where is it? Um, oh, gosh. Okay, hold on a second. Oh, there it is. Oh. Matabe Christmas tree lighting. Here we go. Check this out, folks. It has a countdown. Isn't that cool? And then they had fake snow, which is so cool. And look. Oh my gosh. All the music produces the light. I don't know. I don't know what kind of magic this was, but this was dancing. Oh my God, it was just amazing. So every night, I think they said 7.30, they're gonna be doing this whole thing again. So take the kids out. Kids love, especially young kids, man, they love seeing stuff like this. Take them out and let them see this fabulous um, Christmas tree with dancing lights and coordinated music. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. I mean, look at this. It had like the little, that little bit there was like the fireplace, all different sorts of colors. Oh, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Love it. All right. Go check it out. Um, every evening until I think Christmas, they're going to be doing that. By the way, let me also um, remind you guys that this Saturday, there is going to be the bazaar um, at Caymana Bay. Is it at the Ark? I think it's. I think it's there. So this is the Pink Ladies. They're going to have their um, fundraising event. It's an annual Pink Ladies Bazaar, and you can come out and support them. Tickets are only uh, five dollars, which is like super cheap. And they said that they um, will never increase the price because their benefactor has made it possible and has said it's always going to be $5. And I think it was, I think it's Miss Oldie. Forgive me if I've gotten it wrong, but some benefactor. Um, and she's going to ensure that the pricing will remain that forever. And so just come out. We ran into them. Um, let me just show you guys a little video here. So we did run into them at the bazaar at AL Thompson's promoting the bazaar. I've gotten my tickets. I'm going to go for the Christmas bazaar. Um, I don't think I've ever even been to their Christmas bazaar. So this will be a first time for me, but yep, yeah, I'm going to go support a good cause. And they do a lot of amazing, um, you know, events with, uh, with the funds that are raised. So let's just watch this quick little video and then we can start talking about um, a little politics for the remainder of the program. Hey folks, so we're here this morning by A.L. Thompson's and the Pink Ladies Volunteer Corps is here selling tickets for their Christmas Bazaar. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Christmas Bazaar is and why people should support this amazing event? Yeah, so the Pink Ladies Christmas Bazaar is next Saturday, the 25th of November at the Ark in Kamana Bay in the yes. afternoon, 2 to 5 p.m. It's always been $5 to get in and the price will never change thanks to our founder, Miss Olive, who, who said that the price should always stay at $5. Includes mm -hmm. refreshments mm -hmm. and we have a wonderful plant sale outside by the Garden Club. Um, if you're a plant lover, you get plants at some amazing prices. There's also the country kitchen, so home-baked goods for sales. 
are homemade cr Christmas crafts, there's children's activities, and the man himself, Santa, will be there. All, uh, all the time there's music and entertainment going on. People really believe that it's the start of Christmas in Cayman when we have the uh, Pink Ladies Christmas Bazaar. And all of the money raised goes towards our community projects. Pink Ladies are big supporters of the NCVO, the Pines Retirement Home, the Lighthouse School and lots of other wonderful charities on island. So we'd love to see you there. All right, awesome. So tell us a little bit about this. Um, this is a crocheted gingerbread. Yeah, every year raffle. we have a raffle. Um, yes. It's traditionally been a Christmas quilt, but this year one of our amazing wow. volunteers crocheted this Christmas train. Wow. So tickets are $5 each or three for $10, uh, three for $10, and you can win this amazing Christmas decoration. This is so creative, oh my gosh. This person's very skilled. Yes. <laughs> So check out the crochet gingerbread train so people can buy the raffles for this yep. and then they can also buy tickets for the bazaar. For the bazaar yeah. All right. So and folks, tickets can be bought beforehand or on the on the door on the day. Yeah. And again, it's on next week Saturday, yep. the 25th from 2 to 5 p.m. So come on out folks. Um, support the Pink Ladies Christmas Bazaar. They're here. And if you're like me and you don't walk with any cash, don't worry. They do have a card machine where you can purchase your raffle tickets with that as well. And your actual bazaar tickets, yeah? yeah? yeah okay, yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yes, Thank wonderful. You. Please come to our bazaar. <laughs> hmm. All right, folks, there you go. Go out this Saturday. Um, you can actually get your tickets at the event. It was Miss Olive. Sorry, my apologies. I think I said Miss Oldie. I was close, two O's, you know, kind of close. All right, so um, definitely go. So, um, let me see here. Damien says, hard to believe with all those cars you mean. Well, it, it was a lot of people that came out. And I mean, thousands of people. And like I said, every year they've been putting this event on. Um, it's always well attended. I love the kids that sing and dance. They have the, the uh, National Youth Choir was there, the little kids singing. They're always a treasure to watch. Um, and it was just an enjoyable time for the family. And, you know, kids are able to run around and have such a good time. Garrett says it's a 44-foot tree. That is huge. And it's supposed to be the tallest in the Cayman Islands, and it's a brand new one this year. Is it a live tree? I doubt it. That must be a fake tree, right? I don't know. Is it a live tree? What a mess. That's huge. I'm going to find out if that is a live tree. Let me ask somebody. 44-foot um, tree. Let's see. Dart people. Let me see if I can message someone I know who works there. They might be able to tell me what's going on. Um, that is huge, though. That's a massive tree. I don't think that's a live tree, though. That wouldn't be live, right? I don't know. But it's massive, and the decorations on it are next level. Mm -hmm. Okay, so take the family out. Um, let me see if we got some trivia. Uh, and... Um, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to know the science behind the lights, the light show. So somebody said the whole point of fireworks is the booms. That's what we're trying to avoid, rough seas, because the boom is not enjoyable by neighbors and by pets and stuff. It literally um, does something to people and pets. Fiber optics, most likely, says um, Damien. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, thank you. Damon says that Miss Olive founded the Pink Ladies back in 1980. So please go out and support that uh, bazaar this weekend. 
All right. Um, very good. We had another CUC question just to kind of wrap that segment up. Someone asked whether or not, uh, let me just see. Um, ReCUC is a householder with 100% solar energy required to be connected to the CUC service. The answer is no. People have always had the option to go off grid. However, most people who do that want CUC to remain connected to ensure continuous supply in which case they would connect using whatever consumer solar programs. So you can go off grid, but you know, off grid sounds great until you have no capacity to be off grid and then you need power. <laughs> then you'll be gone to you and you say, come back and reconnect me. Honey chair. All right, thank you much. Somebody says, I love the color of your blouse, appreciate it. Um, they said, kindly repeat the hours of the Christmas tree at Kamana Bay when it will be lighting up. Okay, let me confirm. I'm pretty sure that they said uh, 7.30, but let me just double check. And what time is the nightly show and for what dates? I think they said until Christmas. All right, well, I'll get the info for you. Awesome, 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 awesome. Um, and someone says, good morning, Sandy. Credit um, also goes out to AI. Uh, who did the effects, Keith Tibbetts and his team. Did they do the tree? Well, they well, listen, they were there with staging and making sure the mics were working. AI Rentals does a lot behind the scenes um, to make sure shows like this go off without a hitch. And it was very, very good. So Keith, you listening? Job well done, my dear. Don't forget also by way of community announcements that the NICE program, the NICE uh, cleanup project for Christmas is here. Um, so if you want to register for that, um, apparently they're going to do in-person registration, which is going to be taking place um, today, November the 22nd, from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. at the Georgetown Library. So you can go register there. And then you can also do um, the East End Library on the 24th from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. So if you're interested um, in the NICE, which is the annual kind of cleanup program that they have, I think they do it like once or twice a year. Um, please, by all means, y'all need Christmas money. And the way to get Christmas money is not to go out there robbing people. It's to get out there and work for it like the rest of us, right? So the NICE program gives you the opportunity to do that. So by all means, um, please go and enjoy yourself and get a job. <laughs> enjoy yourself working and get a job. Um, so someone says, I think it's the same tree, but with new lighting equipment, it's very common in Dubai. Mm. Well, we're going to find out here, Chani Honey Child. It was an amazing display. So someone says it's an LED tree. Property of AI Rentals and rented by Dart. Ooh, honey, chill. Step aside, AI Rentals. Y'all go on through now. AI Rentals does all the technical work and it's all pre-programmed. Yes, AI rents uh, the tree, rentals the tree for the past years. There's a brand new tree this year. It is a brand new tree. So it's a fake tree then, it must be. Um, how do you do it? I mean, an LED tree? Oh my God, that's so amazing. And I'm sure that's cheaper than a traditional trying to light it with whatever else y'all are trying to light it with. Hmm. Okay. Um, Alejandra complaining about construction going on until 3 a.m. Uh-uh, honey child. All right. Uh, Anthony says, is it politics time? Almost. 
Almost, almost. Let me let me look at one more thing and then I'm going to tell you. Um, we, we coming, we coming, honey, chill. So I have, um, I wanted to show y'all, I want to get this video. So somebody sent me a message yesterday about this woman torturing them. Um, let me see if I can find it now. <sighs> oh, let me see. The police, they said, did nothing. And I'm not entirely surprised, but disappointed. Um, they said the police didn't even come inside. I said, well, that's, that's ridiculous. But hold on. Let me see if I can find this. So this person sent a message yesterday. Oh, here we go. I got you. Okay. Uh, let me show you all this video. So this person sent the following message and they said, um, good. Um, hold on. Wait, let me pick, let me save what they've sent me. And then we can talk a little bit about this and then we'll talk about politics a little bit. We got a meeting announcement here that's coming up. Okay. So let me see here. Um, okay. Got all of the required bits and pieces to have the discussion. So someone said, good night. This was last night, Miss Sandra. This is what Lavelle did to my mom's house. Let me show you all what she did. Morning, Siobhan. How you doing, honey? Okay. Hold on now. So we got this and we got this and we got this video. And let me grab this video. People being tortured in their own homes. They can't even enjoy their own homes because of mad people. Mm-mm-mm. You know, these people be tempting fate, honey chow, because, you know, some of them want you to box them down, but you know you and get in trouble if you do that. So you try your best to go through the RCAPS to get them to do their jobs. But lo and behold, so look at this situation. All right, here we go. So this is the same woman who claims that she's suing the RCIPS for negligence. This person says, good morning, Miss Sandra. This is what Laval did to my mom's house. She also cut my parents' generator, knowing that they have two kids with no air conditioning. Not to state um, that she called the police on my parents multiple times. She also threw salt and cinnamon in my 10 and 13-year-old sister's face. And she's been harassing my family ever since they moved beside her. Uh, uh, uh. She also stands up outside of their house at 12 a.m. and plays loud music, knowing that my sister has school in the morning and she's been a torment ever since um, and to this day. Please post. I want everyone to know what she's been doing to my family every day for four months. Wow. Well, honey child, um, I would not tolerate this under any circumstances. You know, some people seem to manage to get away with all sorts of behavior in the name of, I guess they want to claim um, mental health. You know what my Aunt Lottie would say? She said she would give you one good bee lick upside your head and that would knock some sense right back into you. That's not the proper politically correct thing to say. However, listen, four months of being tortured by a neighbor with this sort of thing would get in anybody's last nerve. RCIPS, do something. Stop having me put the, the term whatless and RCIPS in the same sentence, please. I'm just saying. She mash up the people in the window. This is property damage. Why is she not arrested for this? 
But you see, the more that people are allowed to get away with unlawful, anti-societal you know, behavior, the more they will continue to do it. One of these days, she's going to buck up on the wrong person. And the wrong person who might be the right person in that moment is going to just box this woman the hell down. And then that's going to be that. And then the police are going to want to haul them off to jail. Come on. Before it gets to that point, let us do something, RCIPS. So then she torments them with these social media posts. She pretends to now be in the news business, by the way. She created this Facebook page called K-Man Breaking News. And so here she is posting, I mean, if this doesn't tell you something about someone's mental state, right? When you have to post this many times, three minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes, right? And she says, just the same just the same way the police arrested Keith and Marlene Barnes, they will arrest and charge Dr. Mark Lockhart. She can't even spell Lockhart. Uh, William Barnes, you all should be ashamed of your ignorance. So she uses this platform to continually harass and torture people. And it's so interesting because I don't see them, them being RCIPS, right? Calling her, talking about you're in, in violation of section 91 of the, um, of the uh, what is it, the ICTA law which is using, you know, these things to harass, annoy, blah, 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 blah. They claim it's an arrestable offense. So arrest her and do something about it. Talking about her peace comes from Yahweh, God. Um, his presence is within me. Poor God. He gets blamed for all sorts of nonsense, but I can assure you that he's not within anybody connected to this type of ridiculous antisocial behavior. Mm -mm, he, not, he not into it. Okay? So I don't know what you got in you, honey child. But don't be getting the Lord mixed up into this situation. Um, and I don't know how you can have any peace because you are a mm, mm, mm. Lord Jesus. Let me just let me just be mindful that I'm on the radio. So this is what she does every night. Flag waving and carrying on in front of these people's residence for four months. She has to do this every single night, carrying on like a lunatic. Um, ensuring that poor children who have to go to school the next day can't even get proper rest. Lord Jesus, please give some deliverance to this family. RCIPS, that would be your job, okay? The good Lord has tasked you with um, serving and protecting the people. Can you please serve and protect us from nonsense like this? You notice she got time to be on the phone while out there waving, flagging. Who, who the hell is she talking to that would be allowing her to carry on with this nonsense while talking to them on the phone? You see, listen to me. Sometimes you just want to kick people down, you know. I got, I got, I got to just tell you all the truth. Now, this is the Georgetown Central coming out in me. Sometimes you want to tump people with your foot. Oh my God, what is wrong with this woman? She's not productive in any way, shape, or form. How can you live your whole adult life like this? You're so ungrateful. The people of the Cayman Islands have given you, well, not the people of the Cayman Islands, let me be very clear. McKeever Bush gave you status with the other 3,000, and you are one of the most ungrateful ones, if not the most ungrateful one, out of all of those people. You are an embarrassment to yourself, this community, the Jamaican community, and we notice you don't want to go back to Jamaica with that nonsense. Please, tr go try it in Kingston, see what they're going to do for you. Bellevue, got a bed, Bellevue has a bed waiting for you with your name on it. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
embarrassing the people of this country, making us all look bad. What an annoyance. Seriously. She needs, if you have a mental health problem, which she seems very lucid pretty much all the time, you talk to her, she's not a stupid person. But if you have something that quite not sticking, you know, because people are intelligent and they might be schizophrenic or whatever else could be causing this type of fanaticism, go and get some help. Stop obsessing about Dr. Lockhart first and foremost, because your obsession on that man just isn't natural. Right? Do something. Go get yourself help. Get on medication, whatever it takes to get this under control. Miss Juliet, good morning. You're late to class. You're very late this morning, honey child, but just in time. Late, but just in time. Good morning to Miss Brenda. She says you're talking to Satan. Lord Jesus, what a mess. Um, Siobhan says hiding behind God to do their dirt. Well, a lot of people does that, unfortunately. Siobhan says that's all they do um, is embarrass this country. Mm-mm-mm. Every time I see her, I just have to shake my head. Honest to God, what a chain. She's an embarrassment to herself and her family and everybody else. Somebody says, good morning, Sandy. Wish that, can I use the word bastard? I don't think that's a curse word. That's not a curse word, bastard. Uh, Lavelle was coming to West Bay and she would know where she would live forever. Oh, then West Bay is bad, you know? What a hot mess. She's a menace to the Cayman Islands and she'd go back to Jamaica and take McKeever with her. <laughs> Lord, I can't with y'all. Hmm, take me, keep it with her. Um, okay, yes, thank you so much. Someone has sent me the thing with the light show. So um, the tree lighting festivities, um, every they're gonna you can enjoy a 15-minute light show at the tree every night starting at 7 p.m. And at bonus, the show will wrap out, will will swap out every Friday. So that means. The show will swap out every Friday? Like there's a new show? Like for the next week? Or for the from the Friday? Huh. Really? Okay. I mean, I, I like it. I'll be there. All right. So Laval, please get your get your life together. Um, we have just had enough of you. Uh, Garrett says the word bastard is in the Bible. Not everyone considers it a curse word. Good. She's a bastard. Well, that's what that person said. I'm not saying that. They said. They tell her, come West Bay. We got to start her out. Mm-hmm. Don't y'all get yourselves in trouble for crazy people because trust me, it ain't going to be worth it. But the police still have a job to do and they should do their job. Yes, thank you, RCI Best. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, let's talk a little bit about politics for the remaining time that we have. So apparently, here, you know, um, there will be um, a, hold on, Kevin, I think you sent me this. Hold on now. There will be a, um, let me see, Kevin. There will be a session. Parliament is meeting tomorrow. That's because they have no Speaker of the House, honey chow. What, what? Kaboom! The Honorable, I'm still going to call him Honorable Premier, Wayne Panton, decided that he, Kevin, did you send me a link earlier? Why can't I see it? He decided that he is not going to take up the speaker position. Child, this is a man that listens to the people because nobody in their right sense was um, thinking that this was a good idea. The only people that thought it was a good idea was this new PPEP government. Here, here, here the logic, I believe, 
that they were using. Because you see, they think they slick and they think they smart, but they're not smart, none at all. Now, they were smart enough to remove the premiere because poor him, he, he's, he's a little bit naive, a little bit innocent playing with a pack of wolves and he didn't realize what Miss Julie was up to. Because, you know, she wanted them to come into your house pretending that she supports you. Oh, Premier, we got your back. And she like stabbing you in the back at the same time while she's giving you a hug, you know, that kind of duplicity. So anyway, um, we have, um, oh, where's the barcode though? Can I get a barcode? Can I do the whole barcode thing? How do, how do these work? Uh, so I wanted to, um, how do I do the barcode though, Kevin? Um, oh, I see what you've done. You've created it, but can we just not do a barcode? Like I'd like to do one with a barcode where people can just scan it right now and vote. Can you set that up for me? Yeah, send me a QR code, please. Not a barcode, a QR code. And I want to do like real-time voting. Okay, Kevin's going to do that for me. Appreciate it. So um, they're having a meeting of parliament tomorrow because they've got to elect a speaker. So Thursday tomorrow at 10 a.m. So we'll we'll cover that live. Um, here's the thing. The premier, uh, previous, former premier, Panton, um, said that that accident was Tina. Who on earth is Tina? <gasps> what? Really? It took me a minute to sink in. Oh, my God. What? No. That's crazy. So, um, so listen. Um, I forgot to send that out to my WhatsApp group, by the way. So, yes, so the premier uh, made his decision. He said he would not be accepting their offer. Um, I think that that's a good thing. I'm going to tell you why. I believe, let's follow the, the, the duplicitousness and the Judasiah type logic, that they were offering him this not so much as a consolation prize, but as a way to further silence him. Because remember now, if you are Speaker of the House, not only are you supposed to remain impartial, that means that you can't participate in any of the proceedings. You can't, you know, bring any bills. You can't advocate on behalf of the people. You can't argue in bills that are brought. You can't hold the government accountable. You can't, you know, you can't do any of that. Basically, you are impotent as an MP. Now, who in their right mind, short of... um uh, Kathy, the former speaker, Kathy Wilkes, um, Ebanks Wilkes, who in their right mind would want to do that? The people did not elect you to not have a voice in parliament. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. The people want you to work when you go in parliament, get up, debate bills, bring forward motions, all this kind of stuff. What is the point of you being in that speaker's seat? Uh-uh. However, I think there's a bigger agenda at play here that they wanted to make him appear um, impotent and have nothing to do for the next remaining 14 months because then they're going to fall back and say, you see, when he came out from being premier, we never heard nothing from him again. He never did nothing. That was the end game here. And you have been played, Madam Juliana O'Connor Connolly. You're not smart all the time. Somebody just played you even better at your own duplicitous game. And so Mr. Panton has turned down their um, not so, you know, it's a bit of a shady offer if you ask me, um, 
to take up this position as Speaker of the House. Oh my gosh, I just heard. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, somebody who was in that accident this morning messaging me. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? So um, they're at the hospital now. Oh my goodness. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Be careful out there, folks. Enough crazy drivers on the roadway. So anyway, this is what the um, premier had to say. He announced his decision yesterday. Um, and he said the following. Um, in a statement issued, he said, I would like to thank the UPM government for offering me the position of Speaker of Parliament. After serious consideration, I've decided to decline the offer. He said he believes the decision is in the best interest of the people of my community of Newlands, my country, and my family. The Speaker of Parliament is an important and prestigious position. It is also a position that requires the holder to, to remain neutral. At this time, it is clear that where I can best be of service to the people of Newlands uh, and to our three islands is from my MP position. Being a member of cabinet and heading a ministry certainly has its place and comes with a great degree of responsibility and privileges. I'm humbled to have been able to serve as a minister in cabinet. However, we must always remember the people that elected us and the importance of ensuring that they have full representation in parliament. Cut. The former premier said that he's now in a position to direct more of his attention to the Newlands community and said he was looking forward to continuing and jump-starting several projects, including expanding the community programming for seniors that has been aptly led by MP Heather Bodden, enhancing existing uh, and creating new youth enrichment programs, including leadership, public speaking, community service, and life skills, and continuing his mission to create spaces for children and families. Um, he says that I'm in the midst of improving three existing parks with new playground equipment and basketball facilities, as well as creating a new park at the Newlands Dock. And by the way, that didn't just happen yesterday. He's been doing that. He had ordered equipment from overseas, and this has been in the works. And, you know, um, Mr. Panton, you need to, with all due respect, you need to start blowing your horn a little bit louder and a little bit uh, better because nobody seems to have known about these upgrades and these projects, and they were not projects coming from the government. They were projects coming directly from Mr. Panton himself. Yeah, from his own person, from his own pocket. And you know, this man did not even want to go to government and ask for any sort of a concession, although he's doing this as a community project. He did not even want to go to government and ask for any concession and any of the duties and stuff like that. Help yourself, Mr. Panton. You don't have a bottomless pit of a bank account. You know, one day you might need a little loan from, well, not going to be me because I don't got the money, but <laughs> somebody else. You know, you know, I love that you do all these community projects, but also be fiscally mindful that your family needs you and you, you know, help and put people through university and colleges and all kind of stuff. So if a concession is allowed for these types of projects, I don't see anything wrong with you getting the benefit of that because it's for the community. And what you save in the concessions, thousands of dollars, you could turn around and use on another community project. So it's about being smart with your nickels and dimes. Um, so yeah, so there's a number of projects that he has definitely been um, you know, continuing to work with. Um, and he says that he's proud of what he accomplished during his 10 years premiere. As a government, they created more accountability and transparency. Um, they instituted the Ministerial Code of Conduct, which was the first ever in the history of the Cayman Islands. 
the cabinet manual, first time for that, the parliamentary code of conduct, although the PPM refuses to sign it. And we were the first government to publish a weekly summary of cabinet decisions for the public to know what the executive branch was doing. Under my leadership, the PAC uh, government worked to address the housing challenges. We still want to hear about that. Um, and to offset the sharp increases in the cost of living in several ways, including expanding the stamp duty waiver initiative for first-time Caymanian land and home buyers and introducing a parcel waiver for second property uh, Caymanian buyers. Um, increasing funding for vocational school training, raising the amount of monthly financial stipend from 950 to 1250 for seniors and people on long-term assistance, providing free meals to all public schools and increasing salaries for civil servants. So, um, Mr. Panton, thank you so much for turning down the position, which I think was the right and sensible thing to do. Now, which question is this, Kevin? Um, all right. So we, we have a new, um, I was saying this when um, Sasha from CUC was on the program. We actually have a new um, surveying program that we're going to be hopefully integrating and using throughout the program. We actually have the option, Kevin, where you can see the results like real time. But what we'll get, we'll get, there's a learning curve and a deployment curve, and we're going to get all of that done. Now, listen, if you're a company, because we have to pay for all these things that we do, and they don't come cheap. Um, oh, this takes you to both questions. Oh, no, I wanted the option where people scanned it and voted, and then it shows you the results. Anyway, we're, we're going to get there, because um, I want to see the real-time results. Oh, let me let me go vote. All right, so here's what we do, folks. Let me just show you all this barcode. I want you to follow along with me. And uh, we're going to do this in real time. Okay. So get out your phones. And then you scan this. So hold on. Let me scan it. And um, we'll share the results and put up the results. It will. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me see. So you just open up your camera, scan it. Click on that, and then it's going to take you to the questionnaire. So this is two questions. The first question says, did the Honorable Wayne Panton make the right decision by not accepting the speaker post? I'm going to click yes to that. Second question is, should the speaker come from within elected members of parliament MPs, or should it be someone from outside? I'm going to say it should come from outside. It says the speaker should be someone who is not an elected member, and I'm going to send. And then it shows you results. Okay, so everybody, please click on that right now. Real-time voting. Um, how do I how do I pull up the results though? I guess I need to hold on. Let me see how this works. Uh, do I need to like log in to see the results? There's another way of doing this, Kevin. All right, we're gonna learn how to use this. Um, there's a method that I prefer, which shows you in real time, the num like the slider changing and everything as people are voting. That's what I was looking for. All right, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. Okay, so um, vote please. Uh, just just take out your phone camera, rough seas, put it there, and then it'll give you a little link thing on, you'll see it in yellow normally on the iPhone. Um, and then you can vote in this poll. So go vote, share it with everyone, participate in our latest poll. Um, 
and then we'll give you the results and we can talk about the results another day. So first lady says, we love Sir Wayne Panton. God bless you. Uh, Live says, I am, admire his stoic approach. Very Caymanian. And um, let me say this, though, about being stoic. Um, you know, I think that a lot of times um, people see that as strength. Um, I think mm, maybe. I think that sometimes it's okay uh, to not be as much. Listen, we're all human beings. Right. I'm sure that he's disappointed in what has transpired. He's not necessarily going to express that to us, but I'm sure the people closest to him uh, would know that he's probably not all that stoic. And he probably has been very hurt by this. And he probably feels quite betrayed by the likes of Giuliano and Connor Conley. But, you know, in in the in times like this, we learn very, very important lessons about who to trust and who not to trust. And as I always say, when someone shows you their um, true colors, believe them. Don't ask them to keep showing it to you and keep using and abusing you. So Judy Santa has definitely demonstrated the type of person that she is. Anthony says, Judy Santa, such a good name. Never seen someone switch as much as her. No values, only cares about herself. Anthony, I'm not going to disagree with that. That appears to be her M.O., and I don't, I don't know, I, like, I find it difficult to understand how someone like that can even really get a good night's sleep. I guess they just don't have much of a heart. It doesn't matter to them. Um, I couldn't be so cutthroat and so duplicitous. Oh, my God. Ugh. Mm -mm. Uh, Alejandro says in the U.S. of A, public schools are actually, actually, well, public schools are actually what we know as private schools and private schools is the government schools. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. so rough seas, I says, I don't think I can watch the show and do it at the same time. So we'll post it up. We'll put it on the website and stuff afterwards. Rough seas. Um, cause I don't know. Can you open up your camera when you're watching something? I don't know. Uh -huh. Lena says that you can screenshot the code and then go to your gallery and open the link. The link should pop up after a few seconds. Oh, really? If you screenshot it. Oh, that's cool. Aliana says, I dipped out during CUC, but I'm back. What did I miss? Uh, we're doing a poll, Aliana, about Speaker of the House. Two-question poll. Please uh, scan the QR code and then um, see how that goes. Strong Wilt says, you can't trust people, not even your own family. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. So someone says that you can, YouTubers can both watch YouTube and then um, scan at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Very, very good. A few minutes remaining in the program. Kevin, do you want me to pull that in so you're showing people how to use it? Is that what we're doing? Hold on. Uh, let me see here now, honey. Chill. Yes. So I think Kevin is demonstrating how to do this. So display survey. Da -da -da -da, show QA. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. All right. I wasn't sure, Kevin, if you were ready. But um, please go and vote. Um, I'll give you guys the results. Um, Siobhan says it's a betrayal, all right. 
Hope he learned who to trust and who not to trust and definitely believe people when they show you their, their true colors. And she also says people can um, sleep at night after doing a betrayal or heartless and have narcissistic tendencies. Hot mess. All right, folks, scan the QR code. Um, there you go. So far, everybody says that he's made the right decision. Um, so, yeah, they were just trying to silence the man. And I think he is beginning to realize what they're all about. So who's going to be speaker? Well, honey chow, um, let's talk about it. Because I'm hearing, and I heard this from a couple of days ago, you know, because she's always got, one thing about Judy Santa, she always got herself a backup plan. Because, you know, she don't really care about the best person being in the job. She just knows that she has to fill it and she's going to do so um, for her own political gain. So this person says, read Judy Santa. She's an outstanding Christian. Um, how does an outstanding Christian partake in the foot washing service? Well, as an outstanding citizen, does she partake, sorry, in the foot washing service? <laughs> I don't know. Mm -mm. I have no clue. Um, so who's going to be speaker? None other than Alden McLaughlin, apparently. <laughs> That's what my sources have told me, honey chill. I'm just like, what the hell? Okay. Go on through Alden. Become speaker because you're not doing anything as an MP anyway. So no one is really going to miss you in that regard. Um, so, you know, we're all hoping this is your last term in office. So knock yourself out. Become speaker. Someone said, sir, greasy head of Rest Bay for speaker, question mark. Oh, Lord Jesus. Uh-uh. Um, someone says, uh, uh, thanks, God, for no fireworks. Prayers came through. Came through. Oh, thank you, San. Uh, re our pets especially. Amen. Congratulations. And a whopping kaboom for Mr. The Honorable Wayne Panton for refusing the Speaker of the House position. God is good all the time. Amen. Uh, someone says, is, is if um, Alden gets it, is he actually going to come to work now? Ross. <laughs> well, you know, they don't have too many LA um, sessions, so I'm assuming he's going to come to work. All right, folks. Um, looks like we have 36 people who voted for, so far. There are 318 of you on the live stream. Get with it. Start voting. I expect to see those numbers substantially increasing. Uh, we have a few minutes left, but we're going to put this poll up. We'll have it up on the website. We'll post it on social media. I want as many of you to vote in this as possible because, you know, maybe this is one area of the Constitution that needs to change where they prohibit any sitting member of Parliament from actually being both an MP and Speaker of the House. I'm going to tell you why they, so many of them are itching to become Speaker of the House is because they get paid like 16 grand a month. Mm-hmm. What did you say, honey chill? Y'all heard me. They get paid something like $16,000 a month. It is like, I think, the second or third highest ranked position in the country. Yeah. So it is considered an extremely prestigious position, both in title and in salary. So it's not a question of not being capable of doing the job from Mr. Wayne's perspective. It's really a question of they're about to make me um, impotent 
uh, in terms of being an MP. And I think that that's a horrible thing if you really care about your community. So I applaud him for turning down money and standing by principle and actually doing the right thing. John John should be speaker, says Shannon, laughing out loud. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, geez, and rough seas. I cannot imagine what that would be like. Uh, I think we would all need to start drinking <laughs> if that happened. Oh, my gosh. No, please. No, don't do that to me. Sandra um, Co says, Darlene Manzanares, it is clear that we have to stop importing people like Laval. Yes, my love. What a mess. Mm-mm. Like I said, y'all can thank McKeever for that one. He he gave her status. Um, uh, Aliana says, I'm for Wayne all the way. No more Sir Alden, yo. Just need to have a more of a niggerish back to clap some of these. <laughs> you're, you're suggesting, you're suggesting that um, we try to pull out that side of Wayne? Honey, chill. You pull that out and that, that little Savannah boy, you might be able to put it back in later. He be walking around with his cowitch beating them all up. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Um, Garrett says, Lena, I followed your advice and it works. There you go. Thank you, Lena. Um, but then the allowance is cut, right? Which allowance? Which allowance is cut? They don't know allowance cut. Sandra wants to know, how can I apply for that position? Face blue smiling. Uh, Aliana says, what I do declare... I and self-nominate myself as Speaker of the House. 16,000? Yes, sir. You understand? Salvin says, in politics, all the knives and kisses of betrayal are plentiful. Former Premier should have known that going in as he had loyalty only by Heather. My God, what a hot mess. Mm-mm-mm. Ay, 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 Salvin. I think, you know, some people are just trusting, child. Even when they're in politics, they're just so trusting. Poor them. Hot mess, I tell you. All right. Um, go on and vote, folks. Get those numbers up there. Uh, Rough Seas says, poor Ween. I can see him fighting like a walrus. Try and behave yourself, Rough Seas. Uh, Darlene says, that comment, that what, that commit about importing people like Lavelle was not me. Oh, that's the wrong Darlene. So there's two Darlenes who are normally here. Miss Darlene Manzanera says it wasn't her. Check the other Darlene. Okay. Um, let's see here. Him and Juliana. Alden will, will get a few extra dollars for the Spaniards at Country and Western and the bars and breakers. Him and Judisana are best friends, honey jail. So they will hold hands. Remember Judisana's PPM at heart, honey jail. What a mess. Somebody says, Sandra for speaker. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, 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 no. All right. Parliament resumes tomorrow. We will be uh, live and direct on that front. Uh, continue to bring in the numbers, continue to vote. Wayne should have never accepted her in government in the first place, says this other person. Folks, y'all have a beautiful, fantastic day. Catch you tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 